Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was ain't open them up. Should it be something with open them up? If it say something, we're dumping it out. And then it's something, it's something out. And now from an undisclosed location, you are now tuned in to the Xander Effect with host Xander Dane.
coolest cool in the gang celebration right here on the Xander Effect. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the show. Now, just so you guys know, I actually went ahead, you know, just to disclose, I played that song for the purposes of that the election is over for the most part. So it's a celebration because we could stop hearing all the crazy campaign ads, you know. So that's one of the reasons why I played that song. Just a disclaimer for all of you thinking that, you know, otherwise. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank, uh, you know, welcome everybody. It's a wonderful Monday. I have two great co-hosts with me right here. I got Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how's your Monday going? Uh, Xander, it's a beautiful day to be alive. <laughs> yes, I bet. It's cold one, too. And speaking of cold, we also have our wonderful, beautiful uh, co-host, Miss Lonnie Rivera out in Pittsburgh. And its I know it's freezing over there. How you doing over there, Lonnie? Hey, what, what's up? No, it's 75 degrees and what? sunny. What? Yes. How's that possible? going to be a record 77 tomorrow. So actually, it is probably warmer here than it is in L.A. right that, now. That, that's freaking insane. You guys are supposed to be like in snow and miserable. Not us. No, nothing's sunny here. It's 50 degrees over here right now. Yeah. Wow. Like, so it really is warmer here right now. You yeah. Like I saw, I saw one of your yoga videos on Instagram. Instagram and you're, it's all sunny and everything and you're all like out there and I was like really really I'm like what's going on over there I don't know it's it's is it is it is it it's a weird climate change going on from over here to over there I don't know it's yeah. it's, it's insane Big time. but uh but yeah I mean a lot of cool stuff to talk about today uh we have uh we have some pretty crazy uh news coming in um from uh from you know the outlets apparently uh they said that uh that a COVID-19 vaccine has been has been testing a 90% effective so far. And this is out of a various news outlets so far. So hopefully there is hope uh, for all of for, for the public as far as vaccine is concerned to control this virus. Right. Um, you know, so that that's that's some good news. They said uh, apparently according to the interviews, uh, they're saying that by the end of this month, they should know for sure if it's ready to be uh, you know, to be um, uh, dispersed. To, to the masses so we'll I guess we'll wait and find out um, but uh, president-elect Joe Biden said that uh, you know regardless if there's a vaccine or not that we still need to continue to wear masks and uh, you know I mean that's that's you know that's pretty much what he said on that one we'll see in the in the next month or so what happens with that I mean other than that I mean how was your guys weekend I mean I know this is a crazy week for everybody but how's the weekend for you guys my weekend was great. I'm, I'm visiting my mom here and I just love bonding with my mom. We, one of the things that we've always bonded over is sports and politics. Mm. So that's our thing. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to get her into the yoga thing. So I actually bought her a mat. Um, so those are, those are the things we like to do. And it's just been really good quality time to spend with her right now. Nice, nice. And Jeremy, I'm sure you had a great weekend. Um, had a very good weekend. It's uh, n- a nice relief. It feels like uh, a weight has been lifted, knowing that the election is essentially over. And as you said, we can quit hearing about all of this crap, you know, all this election, all the ads, all the this, all the that, all the rhetoric. I mean, we're still dealing with some, but the uh, the levels have dropped oh, considerably. And it's just so nice not to have to 
deal with. I'm not a fan of election time, generally speaking. Mm. And um, I mean, just because of the way people get, because of the constant bombardments on media, so Tell on and so forth. It. So it's just a relief for it to be done. It feels like we've uh, made it through a, through a storm and uh, starting to come out the other end. And, you know, it was, it was, it was an okay weekend up until yesterday. Um, on the COVID front, um, it has touched, touched my home pretty close here. Really? Uh, um, one of my very, very dearest friends, my writing partner on the book I wrote, uh, When I Wished Upon a Star, uh, Dr. Brandon Phillips, has contracted COVID. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I know yeah. Brandon, too, man. I'm, yeah. Dude, I, that's, I'm hearing this for the first time today. Jesus. I, I, we just yeah. found out last night... Um, you know, yesterday evening, don't really have any answers yet. He's just talking to his specialist now because, uh, you know, he has a heart condition. He was born with a heart condition. He's had two heart uh, valve replacements oh, yeah. already. Um, so this is this is a dangerous thing for somebody like him, and it's uh, quite quite worrisome. Um, you know, and he's and and does he know how he might have uh, contracted it? Well, he's a from me. He's he's a doctor. He's he's mm. in the doctor's office with children and their parents every day. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. Louisiana is a state that loosened their regulations drastically. And instead of keeping the regulations at one parent and one child only in a doctor's office, they went ahead and just let everybody come. Wow. So now they've oh. got, you know, I know here in California, you know, you are not allowed to bring somebody to the office with you at the moment. If you go to a doctor's appointment, unless you are unable to bring yourself physically, you are not allowed to bring another person into the doctor's office with you right now. Well, right. unfortunately, that's not the case in Louisiana. He's oh, got man. every sibling coming, mom, dad, the aunt, the uh, you know, it's you got seven people with each kid coming in. You're going to be highly exposed. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. he he has been. So, wow. I'm so sorry to hear that, Jeremy. I mean, my my thoughts go out to uh, Brandon. I, I'm hoping that he gets better. Um, and, I'm, I, I, you know, with him and everybody else that's that's this uh, virus is affected. I mean, I'm hoping that uh you know, things start turning up with this new vaccine and they start, you know, it starts getting under control. Um, but the good thing is that I've heard that there's been um, there's been uh, medications. They've, they've they've tested on people and everything. And it seems like uh, uh, COVID is actually starting to, uh, you know, they're starting to be able to treat it a lot better. So, well, as I said, they don't, you know, he's talking to his specialists and everybody right now, and they're going to come up with a plan of attack. I'm quite sure. But being that he is extremely high risk with mm -hmm. his heart condition that he's had, he will most likely be qualified for remsvidere treatment, which is probably the you know, the highest rated treatment right now for That's success. So um, I have another friend who both him and his wife um, contracted it about three weeks ago and his wife got it pretty bad and ended up in the hospital for almost uh, two weeks. Wow. But she wasn't bad enough to qualify for remsvidere treatment. They could only do plasma treatment for her because she didn't get critical enough. So you've got to be in pretty serious condition to be able to get it. Um, mm -hmm. Or you have to be at seriously high risk, which he is. So, right. you know, we'll see what go what happens. And he's, you know, he's got some of the best specialists from the Mayo Clinic and, mm -hmm. you know, 
some of the best heart specialists in the country that he works with. So I, I have confidence that, um, you know, him, he's a doctor. He's smart enough to follow the instructions he's given. He's, you know, so. That's good. I mean, yeah. I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets better, dude. Keep me posted on that. I will. You know, uh, on the side, just keep me posted on it. Let me know. Let me know uh, how he's doing and everything, because I'd really like to know. But, uh, you know, again, my thoughts go out to him. Uh, you know, well wishes. Hopefully he'll get better uh, from this and he'll overcome this. And like I said, hopefully uh, we'll all get through this together. You know, we're in this together. So hopefully we'll all get through this together. But right. uh but uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh, on the Xander Effect, including the unfortunate passing of uh, of Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away over, uh, yesterday, actually, at the age of 80. We'll talk a little bit about that in sports. Uh, 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 again, going back to um, going back to, uh, you know, talking about COVID because that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the unfortunate thing about this virus. You can't really escape talking, not talking about it. Uh, golfer Sergio Garcia test positive for COVID uh, and he withdraws from the Masters. So we'll talk a little bit about that. In video game news, looks like well, I mean, obviously tomorrow is the release of the Xbox Series X. Um, so kind of excited about that one. Uh, there's also, you know, also being released tomorrow is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Definitely looking forward wow. for, for that one. And uh, you know, Rockstar also announced a couple of really interesting things involving uh, their their uh, their games GTA Five and uh, Red Dead Redemption Two and LA Lore. So we'll talk all about that. Uh, but first, here is Tupac's "I Ain't Mad at You" right here on the Xander Effect. of the same kind, quick to approach a ghetto cutie with the same line. You was just a little smaller, but you still rolled. Got stretched to YA, hit the hood swole. Remember when you had a Jerry Curl? Never quite learned. Drinking 90 proof on the roof, tripping off Sherm. Collect calls to the tilt, singing how you changed. But you were Muslim now. No more dope games. I just got the phone call, heard you got bail. Wanna go to the mosque, no time for females I'm losing touch with my homie, he's a changed man He hit the pen and now no sinning is the game plan When I say I'm living large, all you see is the struggle When I say I'm still dugging, all you see is the trouble Congratulations on the wedding I hope your wife know she got a player for life And everybody miss you I know we grew apart, you probably don't remember I used to think for your sister but never did get with her And I can see us after school we bombed On the first player haters with the wrong set on Now the whole thing's changed Cause we don't even kick it Got a big money scheme And you ain't even with it Knew in my heart you was the same young brother that When it's time for go go toe to toe and watch your brother's back I can't even lie I ain't laughing at you, you trying hard to maintain, but go ahead, cause I ain't mad at you. Cousins fighting, 
playing dozens, whole neighborhood buzzing. No, that we wasn't. Used to catch us on the roof or behind the stairs. I'm getting blitz and I reminisce on all the times we shared. Besides bumping and grinding, wasn't nothing on our mind. In time, we learned to live a life of crime. Rewind me back to a place was much too young to know. I caught a felony loving the way the guns blow. And even though we separated, you told me you wait. Don't get nobody my loving while I be locked up state. I kissed my mama goodbye and wiped the tears from my lonely eyes. Said I'd return, but I gotta fight the fix to ride. Don't shed a tear. Mama, I ain't happy here. I be drowned no more smiles for a couple of years. You got me going max. I'm knocking busters on their backs in my cell, thinking hell, I know one day I'll be back. But as soon as I touch down, I told my girl I'll be there. So I'm prepared to get loved at. My homies wanna kick it, but I'm just laughing at you. Y'all play too many games, and I ain't mad at you. I Barely breathing, believing that the world is a prison It's like a ghetto we can never leave A broken rose giving bloom through the cracks of the concrete So many other things for us to see Things to be our history so full of tragedy and misery To all my homies never made it home The dead peers I shed tattoo tears for when I'm alone Picture us inside a ghetto heaven A place to rest, finding peace through this land of stress In my chest I feel pain coming sudden storms Life full of rain in this game, watch for land thorns Our unborn never got to grow, never got to see what's next In this world full of countless threats I beg God to make a way for our ghetto kids to breathe Show a sign Make us all believe, cause I ain't mad at you. For all the homeboys that passed away, I ain't mad. All the homeboys locked in jail. All the people that lost a loved one this year. This is AB. Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan. What's going on? It's Amanda Holly. Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Maxim Model Riley Sawyer. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to The Xander Effect.
Yo, 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 this is Jason, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Why don't you guys tune in and tap in for me one time? Let the dancing begin. She like a real with that trap money. I let the bad, bad throw it back for me. And I keep it rocking with a bit on it. They know that I got the jewels. I got the color money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Stay low when I'm spending money. They know that I got the jewels. I got the color money. She know I got the dope. I got that good, good. She like to smoke. I'm a real trap. She cuffed the dope. I make the pack flip. She tuck and roll. I untuck and blow. Pack, pack up and go. I ain't got say nothing. She already know who, who got the juice. I'm dripping sauce. This what she get when she whip with a boss. When she whip, when she whip with a boss. I run the band. What it cost? Yeah, what it cost? Rolling with a boss. Riding around town with the top, top, top. No games, I ain't playing with you. No lanes, no f. No. I ain't with no bro, 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 bro. You already know, you already know. She like, baby. I got real with that trap money. I let the bad, bad throw it back for me. And I keep it fucking with a bit honest. They know that I got the jewels, I got the color money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Stay low when I'm spending money. They know that I got the jewels. Hold up, wait, wait a minute, slow down. Color, color money, got enough for the throw around. Throw around. And you might come through. Make sure you call if you plan on sliding through. Foot, foot to the gas, hand on the clutch. On the clutch. Grip on my pole, I don't give a hand on my pole. No, she won't. She won't. Pockets are swole, no, she won't. She won't. T.I., it's another day, we are. Stack up, fist a thought, back up. 30 for the 40, see how that add up. The shot is shooting for me, twerking with a. No games, I ain't playing with you. No lanes, no f. No. I ain't with no bro, bro, bro. You already know, you already know. Shit, I got real with that trap money. I let the bad, bad throw it back for me. And I keep it fucking with a bit honest. They know that I got the jewels, I got the color money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Yo, cool, no, I'm getting money. Stay low when I'm spending hundreds. They know that I got the jewels. I got the color money. Go, 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 go,
announced back in March of 2019 that he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, he underwent a lot of treatment. Um, he basically went ahead and, and uh, his numbers are starting to get better. Uh, he announced uh, earlier this year that his that his numbers are starting to get better. He was, you know, uh, the cancer was 50 percent, uh, you know, eradicated from his system. But uh, apparently he had, you know, he had kind of a relapse in May. Uh, so he had to go under it again. And uh, he, you know, he basically uh, in an interview in uh, in October, he basically said that, you know, he's lived a good life and he's living the last days of, of his life. Uh, so I'm assuming he kind of saw it coming, you know, you know, coming pretty soon uh pretty quickly uh and it was uh it was a sad day for everybody um you know in jeopardy went ahead and posted on twitter quote jeopardy is saddened to share that alex trebek passed away peacefully at home early this morning surrounded by family and friends thank you alex uh trebek started his career in uh in the early in early 70s um you know canadian born came down here uh he was actually he actually got his degree in philosophy um, he got uh, a degree in philosophy. So, you know, man definitely, you know, knew a lot of the things that he was talking about when he was hosting Jeopardy. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a sad day. He's, he's, uh, he's a legend in television. Uh, he will be missed. And uh, my, my condolences go to his family and, uh, you know, any of the fans that, that love Jeopardy. I mean, it's definitely uh, a sad day in the entertainment industry, losing such, uh, such an icon such as Alex Trebek. I mean, uh, Jeremy, did you, ever, did you ever meet him? I, I did get the chance to meet him a few times, a handful of oh. times. Oh, wow. Um, I, was, I was never on the show, although they did have a few celebrity you know, okay. episodes and things like that for charity. But I did get a chance to meet him. He was a, a very warm guy, a very friendly guy, um, you know, seemed very genuine and seemed mm -hmm. very much like you saw him on TV. I mean, that's mm -hmm. he just seemed like that kind of guy, uh, very down to earth, very uh, thoughtful, very smart. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a it's a big loss for the entertainment industry. He's somebody mm -hmm. who has um, held a lot of respect over the years. Wow, and, and and what about what about yeah. you, Lonnie? Because I know that you were uh, for TMZ. Yeah. I mean, did you ever yeah. get ever bump into him yeah. at all? So, so a couple of things. Um, it's it's interesting that we're doing the story on it um, because I remember on TMZ when it first came out because we were talking in the newsroom when I was there. We were talking about it when he was first diagnosed, mm -hmm. and I remember. And then just you know, I just remember everyone talking about it and everyone being so in awe with how just such grace that he faced. Um, the disease. I mean, it was like he didn't even spend a minute being negative. It was just like, I'm going to fight this. And which probably, I'm just a big believer in positive thinking, and I'm sure he probably was too. So uh, I'm sure that's probably why he was able to stay around for as long as he did, did because I pancreatic cancer, I think, is one of those that's really, oh, really. Yeah, really, yeah, really tough. But in terms of just Jeopardy and just my love for Jeopardy, because I, I was like, I'm a big trivia crazy nerd. And <laughs> I, I, play, I am. I'm you're like, not a video game nerd, but you're a trivia nerd. I got I'm you. I'm a trivia nerd. <laughs> I am. And I'm like the person in my family and I'm competitive when we play, you know, trivi trivial games or anything like that. Mm. My cousin's wife loves me on her team because we're the same when it comes nice. to we're very 
we're very competitive and so I'm sure she loves him too I just loved him he was he's like it's one of those shows that I can't say that I watched every day but if I was turning the channel oh Jeopardy's on I'm mm. gonna keep it on Jeopardy and you feel so smart he made us all feel smarter and that's what I loved about him like if I got a couple of answers right yeah, you felt so smart. So it was such such a good show. He definitely will be missed. And uh, God bless his family. One thing that I did hear that I, I just love anecdotal stuff about the family. Uh, one of his producers was on the Today Show this morning mm-hmm. and mentioned that he was very industrious. He, he could build things. He actually oh, built wow. A swing in his yard and he loved to swing and one of the the last things that he had hoped to be able to do uh, was to be on the swing um, watching the sunrise or sunset with his wife and the producer Mm -hmm. said he was able to do that yesterday that's awesome awesome. so yeah so yesterday right before he passed away he he Mm -hmm. was able to do one one final Mm -hmm. one final thing that's really cool that's Mm -hmm. That's that's amazing to hear things like that. And, uh, you know, again, he was definitely a staple in in television. I mean, you know, many people like <laughs> you can't like when you listen to when you watch shows or or or, uh, you know, or trivia games or th- anything like that. Obviously, you, you always think of the host when you think mm-hmm. of Will of Fortune, you think of mm-hmm. Pat Sajak, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of uh, The Price is Right, you think of Bob Barker. Yeah, Drew Carey's there but automatically you think Bob Barker you know I mean it's 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 one of those things where Jeopardy immediately is synonymous with Alex Trebek and yeah. that's something that's going to remain for many many years uh, for for many generations to come you know everybody will go ahead and uh, remember Alex Trebek uh, Sony which uh, you know also you know is 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 uh, is one of our is one of our sponsors here on the Xander Effect. They actually they own uh, Jeopardy and uh, wow. they purchased it uh, back in uh, you know uh, a few years ago from Columbia Pictures Television, uh, which acquired it from Merv Griffin Enterprises in 1986. And uh, Sony went ahead and confirmed that Jeopardy episodes hosted by Trebek will air through December 25th. So he. <laughs> You know, he did do a lot of episodes before he passed and, uh, you know, they're going to be airing through December 25th. So make sure you check your local listings for that uh, to at least, you know, check out the man himself, uh, you know, uh, before before uh, changes are made to Jeopardy. So check out check that out. In other entertainment news, Kanye West is uh, being blamed by Larsa Pippen about, you know, basically saying that he brainwashed the Kardashians against her. Uh, she, you know, she's claiming that apparently there was a, there was an issue between herself and Travis Scott, uh, you know, and there was an incident between her and Travis Scott that put her at odds with Kanye and set him off. And, uh, you know, she believes that the rift, uh, you know, this is this is according to TMZ saying, quotes, uh, the rift began earlier this year because Kanye didn't trust anyone with Kim, which led to Larsa and Kim unfollowing each other on social media. So she's definitely uh, blaming, you know, she's putting, putting placing the blame on Kanye a bit for for putting all of them against her. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, here's a guy. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, here's a guy that ran for presidency and uh, got 60,000 votes 
quotes. Haha. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, personally, I was actually thinking about this over the weekend. I was like, I would love to talk to those 60,000 people and ask them, what were you thinking? Um, you know, when it came to that. It would be uh, an apt question. It, w- it really would. I, I'd like to know <laughs> who would vote for Kanye. And the thing, the, fun, the even funnier thing about it is that he, when he conceded, uh, you know, the, the race and said, you know, I'm, you know, he, basically he was out. Out, he went ahead and posted on his social media on Twitter saying Kanye 2024. So it's not over yet. <laughs> he's going to go ahead wow. and run again. Uh, you know, so far he's claiming that he's going to run again in 2024. And I mean, I don't know. I think that maybe this this uh, election served an ex- as an experience to him to see what he can do to gain more support, more votes. But um yeah, it's not over, but you know, with Kanye and and uh, the presidency, he's still aiming to go ahead and get there. But as it stands, it seems like uh, Larsa, uh, you know, Pippin is is not having it. She's not too happy with him, and uh, you know, she's she was um, you know she was talking about that whole situation uh, mm-hmm. on uh, the Hollywood Raw podcast. So uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. Is it possible that maybe she might be wrong about this? I mean, what, what are your thoughts Lonnie you know from just what I know from from looking from the outside in and I always kind of listen to what people say because that's all we know is what they tell you about you never really know what their marriage is like Mm. but I remember when uh when Kim was in Paris and when the whole thing happened with her getting her jewelry stolen Mm -hmm. and um one of the things that she mentioned and this is actually what she mentioned recently in her interview with David Letterman which I watched because I love David Letterman's interviews that he does with you know public figures and she had mentioned that when she was there and I guess Kanye while she was there saw what she was wearing to an event or something and flew to Paris to dress her for the remainder of her time there to make sure that he could pick her outfits. Now, you know, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a good sense of fashion, but this is just me personally speaking. I do not want my man feeling like he's got to dress me for something. You know, that's to me feels controlling. I'm sorry. It just that just so hearing that made me think, hmm. I think there are parts of that marriage that he kind of really controls things. And so if this is true, what Larsa is saying, then it doesn't surprise me that he would be very vocal about who her friends are. And if he felt like any one of her friends was influencing her in some way that could be negative toward him, I could see him being, you know, being that way, being petty. I'm just keeping it real. So I'm not a big Kanye fan. You didn't vote for him? Obviously. <laughs> you, 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 I'm surprised. You didn't. You weren't one of the 60,000 that voted for him, Lonnie? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just wondering. I was like, hmm. I, I, you know, I didn't catch that from you. So no, but I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious to, to you know hear uh, uh, an actor and celebrity's perspective on all this. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? 
You know, as a co-host, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but uh, <laughs> here it comes. God, I don't swear, care. Jeremy, are you going to swear and say something like F something? No, quite. not a bit. I just don't <laughs> care. My soul dies a little every time we discuss this absolutely useless person i'm sorry i have no you know at one point yes he he served a purpose he had a a, an art and you know whether you were a fan of his music or not he was doing something now he's becoming a a joke a you know and i'm sorry you know i'm not the biggest fan of the kardashians and that and that stop it get out of here it's it's the you know it, it is it's the the what is the the death beacon of our of our society you know is, wow is our, i'm sorry it's a little savage being obsessed <laughs> with these people's lives the way our society has been mm-hmm. it's ridiculous yeah. it is i'm sorry and i mean they say you know it's it's an old old saying but you know it's it's Smart people discuss ideas, you know, mm. simple people, something. And then, you know, it's 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 kind of harsh, but like stupid people discuss other people. Yeah, it's, it's an wow. old, old saying. It's a very like old that. saying. But I like that when you're that obsessed with these people's lives, it's it's just I'm sorry. It really bothers me. And like I said, every time we have to talk about it, my soul dies a little bit. That being yes. said. Dude, he's Dude, that being said, that being said, <laughs> well, you asked me a question. Now I'm going to answer it. <laughs> that being said, now that my soul has died a little more again, um, you know, yeah, I believe it. I mean, he's he's I've said it before. And yes, I am being harsh, but the guy's a whack job. Yep. It, do, it doesn't shock me that he thinks he's going to run again in 24. He probably yeah. will, because as far as he's concerned, God has anointed him to save the world. No, for the love of you know, God. Oh, Lord. Okay, I, fine. Mm. You know, but the fact is, all the stuff you're telling me about the, you know, the clothes and the friends and the this and the that, you know, that's shit that I got out of doing in high school. Mm-hmm. That shit yeah. that I did in my high school relationships mm-hmm. when I was an insecure teenager who, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's childish. It's it's insecure. It's it's absolutely ridiculous if he's behaving like that. Um, Lonnie, you said it best. It's a controlling mm-hmm. attitude. Yep. Yep. You know, that is a, just another way of control. Yeah. That's, you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And for for him to be acting like that at this age and mm-hmm. this stage of their marriage again we don't know what happens behind closed doors but right. you know i think it's pretty uh pretty childish and um very immature but again it's two words that i would generally associate with him anyway so well yeah <laughs> I mean you know it's not it's not surprising to anybody I don't think um, and I you know I'm just, I, I hate to break it to you 
Jeremy, but you know, your soul will die, you know, a little bit again, I'm sure very soon, <laughs> because we all know that there's always <laughs> going on around Kanye and the Kardashians all the time. And it, sometimes it's just, it's just impossible for me not to go ahead and talk about it because it's just <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just there. It's like, it's like a horrible car crash. You can't help but to slow down and look, look at it, you know, see what happened. You know, you know what the interesting thing is though, here's the thing and I'm sure Jeremy could chime in on this we're not talking about his music we're yeah. not talking about that you know True. and the thing is like the thing is I'll give it to the brother he's talented if he would just focus on the music you know what I mean that's all yeah. I'm saying no, and you got a point. You you're definitely hit the nail right on the head right there because I mean he's incredibly talented. I love a lot yeah. of his music, and the fact of the matter that he has, you know, he has gotten focus away from his music and into his personal life should should speak volumes about what changes he probably needs to make in his own life. Yeah. Um, you know, try to get away from from that type of you know, that type of uh, spotlight, you know, that type, of, that type of negative spotlight and try to get into something a little bit better than that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, again, you know, this whole issue with Larsa doesn't seem like it's going to go away. And mm-hmm. chances are after this podcast, it might get worse. So who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, against uh, Jeremy's uh, wishes, we'll keep an eye <laughs> on that too. In other entertainment news, this is more of a follow-up to last week's, uh, uh, conversation involving Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's, uh, you know, um, domestic violence issues that are going on right now. Uh, apparently, it got it's gotten worse for Johnny Depp. Uh, he went ahead and shared uh, an open letter on his social media uh, because he had to. He was forced to resign from his uh, from his role in uh, Fantastic Beasts. Uh, you know, his role was the Dark Wizard uh, Gellert uh, Grindelwald, and uh, he had to go ahead and resign from that role due to the current issues that he's uh, going through right now, as mm-hmm. far as domestic violence uh, issues go with Amber Heard. And he said, he said, "quote In light of recent events, I would like to make the following short statement. Firstly, I'd like to thank everybody who has gifted me with their support and loyalty. I have been humbled and moved by your many messages of love and concern, particularly over the last few days. Secondly, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Finally, I wish to say this. The surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth and I confirm that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong and I intend to improve uh, I'm sorry, I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by, by this moment in time. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, Johnny Depp. So, yeah, it, you know, he's talking about basically uh, what the courts were saying that what the son had accused him of being a wife beater was not considered libel, considering uh, the allegations and the current, uh, you know, the current cases that he's as against him by Amber Heard in courts in the UK. Uh, and uh, he plans to appeal what the courts are, what the, what the court's decision on that. 
because that's obviously affecting his career right now. Uh, you know, I mean, Warner Brothers has zero tolerance. I mean, Jeremy, you work for Warner Brothers, you know, uh, on growing pains. I mean, you, you know, you were you were with them for many years, you know, on the show. I mean, does this surprise you that Warner Brothers would go ahead and ask Johnny Depp to resign, even though there hasn't been, uh, you know, the case isn't closed in this whole ordeal? It doesn't shock me, not in particular to Warner Brothers, um, although, yes, as any major company like that, they were very careful and protective of their image. But in today's society, with the cancel culture, we do have and it's not a I mean, I hate that word because it doesn't really exist. And we could spend another hour talking about that. But in this day and age where everybody's so conscious of that and so conscious of being labeled i mean look at dustin hoffman dustin hoffman still hasn't worked had every project he was working on taken away because in the 1970s he smacked an 18 year old girl on the butt on a set really wow. yeah that's that's what there that. was there was no sexual assault charge brought wow. against him there was no nobody said he tried to you know rape him. nothing like that mm-hmm. in the 1970s on set he swatted a actress who was 18 years old on the butt and wow. that's why the man hasn't worked. He lost his uh, endorsement gigs and the master class that he was teaching and all these things. Mm-hmm. So people are very, very aware of this stuff right now and people are losing stuff over it left and right. Yeah. What shocks me, so it doesn't shock me that it happened. What shocks me is that it happened because of this case. This case is nothing more than a liable case. This mm-hmm. doesn't prove anything. Exactly. The sun the sun is spent on the street, we call it he said, she said ex- shit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that's exact. No, that's exactly it. And as I said last time on our last podcast, the Sun has spent the last 30 years winning these cases in court. Mm-hmm. They have had a reputation for rather recklessly making these types of accusations, mm-hmm. but they know how to do it in a way that leaves them legally protected they i don't remember hearing about them lose a case like this in forever and they've been brought to court uh, you can't even count how many times over the last 30 years and made by major entertainers politicians you know and i can't remember hearing about them losing ever so this was not a case that decided nobody said you know oh this this the evidence looks like he did beat her or the evidence looks like that's not what this was about so that shocks me a little bit Uh, all they did was say that the son legally could say this Mm -hmm. because of what's going on i mean would you say would you say it's a similar situation to what happened with danny masterson you know when he was when he was asked to resign from from his role as rooster in the ranch i think on that level it's similar the only thing with danny unfortunately and i'm not saying it this way because I don't know what happened and I honestly I didn't know Danny I can't take any opinion on his personality or otherwise but more people have come out of the woodwork with Danny Mm -hmm. and when you are a big network like that and they vet and investigate these type of things, we don't know what they may have found or if they could have seen that more people were going to be coming out of the woodwork with this. Mm. Now, the the opposite situation with Johnny Depp is that you have 
one ex of his who has sided with Amber Heard. Now, this is an ex who has filed suit against him multiple times and had major issues with him. Never, you know, a violence suit or anything like that. So it makes me question her motives a little bit. Right. But on the other hand, Johnny Depp has had multiple former ingenues, attachments, lovers, whatever you want to call them, come out, including a couple of very big names that he spent, you know, a long period of time with and say, this is not the man, mm -hmm. this behavior I'm hearing is mm -hmm. not him. Right. I, I, and I'm going to add to that. Go on, Jeremy. Go on. I, that's, I just, you know, when you have so many people who know him and we're in that type of situation. Now, people can change. I mean, it happens. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But... I tend to lean towards people who've known him more. As I said, only mm -hmm. one ex has come out s supporting Amber Heard, and it's somebody who already seemed to have an ax to grind. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I'm shocked that the... I'm shocked that the studio has separated him from that project, especially because I don't believe he can be recast effectively. I, I believe they have ruined that franchise now. And he's um, such a good actor. Oh. Well, he's not only a brilliant actor, but truthfully, and again, I know I'm a little harsh sometimes, but he was really the only great thing about that film, those films. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I did not like the Fantastic Beast films mm -hmm. overall. Um, you know, they had some good performances. I'm not saying all the actors were bad or anything, but the only performance that drew you to that film was Johnny's. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the truth. His performance, if, if anything was going to carry that film, it was him. And I, I really believe that they've shot themselves in the foot with that. So the fact that they did it without any clear proof is is a little stunning to me yeah and and that's and that's tough right there and lonnie i mean you said that you yeah. had something to add to that yeah, whole thing. i mean what, yeah. what I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know you know your perspective on this whole situation you think it's fair what's going on with uh johnny to, to be asked to be resigned from this from this movie ah you know just i just think it's a lot to, you know, when you're when you don't have any really clear proof of something, and I'm just going by I don't know the guy personally, but to kind of just piggyback a bit on what Jeremy was saying, just from what I could see that's already come out in the news, and uh, just from other people talking, Amber Heard was abusive too. They both were. It was almost like two can tango, and I'm not. From what I could see. And so when you're in a volatile relationship like that and one person is physically and, and verbally abusive to the other and the other person is allegedly giving it back, then you don't know really what the truth is. And to take somebody's livelihood away because of just words that another person has said, I just think it's a lot. You know, um, Sharon Osbourne said something that I thought was really interesting on the talk that she just feels she basically feels like both of them gave it and took it you know allegedly I mean she and the only thing that she said the reason why she believes this is because she herself was in the same situation with Ozzy Osbourne there was a point of time in their relationship when he was abusive and he and he would give it and she would give it right back you know, wow. and she said, and so that's why she says you have no idea when there's alcohol allegedly involved and there's 
battered. There, there's battery that you never know who's doing what. And she just feels like they both were as bad as each other. Well, I mean, one person that can possibly go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, answer the question as to why these relationships are so messed up is is the is our guest today who's joining us today on the Xander Effect. Uh, she is a family therapist and a counselor, actually. Uh, her name is uh, Raquel uh, Buchanan-Gasio. And uh, Raquel, uh, she's, uh, you know... Um, she basically uh, deals with a lot of these, with with many of these situations. Raquel, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, everyone! Thank you for having me. I am doing well. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Xander Effect. And you've obviously heard, uh, you know, many of these uh, different types of uh, issues that are going on with uh, marriages, domestic violence, you know, relationships and things like that. And you've had to counsel many marriages, uh, you know, for, you know, with with a lot of these issues. So let me specify that I am a marriage and family therapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I do work on improving marriages and relationships, although my specialty and my emphasis is working with individuals. Mm -hmm. So it is true that I am working to build healthy relationships, but I work with individuals. And Mm -hmm. historically, I have worked with individuals who are court ordered to attend therapy because they use violence or abuse towards their intimate partner. Uh, So I have seen a lot of what you guys are talking about, and I am so glad that I could be here to kind of join the conversation and give an outside perspective that's based on a little bit of fact, a little bit of truth. Awesome. And uh, well, before we get into that, I mean, Raquel, you, you, you got into this field, um, you know, because, well, first of all, I mean, <laughs> I, I got to ask most people that get into the field of psychology or anything like that are usually because they're kind of messed up themselves. At least that's what I heard. Is that the same case for you? Or did you actually, is this a field that just interested you? Or is it a little bit of both? <laughs> Okay, first of all, I have to confront Jeremy on something he said earlier. Oh, boy. Yes, I am offended. Wow. Yes, yes. (laughs) I am offended that you say that stupid people discuss other people. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me. I said (laughs) the old saying was that's not something that I honestly believe, but I do believe that (laughs) being fascinated with other people's lives more than what's going on in the world and otherwise is not a good thing in any way, shape or form. But no, I do not believe stupid people talk. That's just a very old saying I was quoting. Let me make that clear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but boy. please continue. You're almost, you're almost in trouble there. You're also almost like, you know, like that was bad. <laughs> but uh, Raquel, I mean, what's, uh, what's uh, you know, I mean, again, going back to what you were saying. Uh, so handled very smoothly, Jeremy. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I can de- I can deflect. I can deflect. <laughs> Great reframe there. He, he backpedals, but then he finds a way out of that. <laughs> All I can say, you guys, is oops. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, see so yeah, Raquel. Okay, so what we're talking about is 
we're talking about things that happen in the media, but what we're also talking about is something that happens in everyday life. So where we're at right now, even in terms of COVID is a very interesting time for us all because we have this not, you know, this worldwide pandemic and everyone is suffering with that. And then we have everyday life going on too. And what you're seeing in the media is you are seeing the same exact things that are happening in the everyday home. We actually found that during quarantine, especially in the beginning months of quarantine, we had more child abuse reports being made for domestic violence. We had uh, more police calls for the use of domestic violence. Mm. We had an overflow of domestic violence charges. And because of COVID, the court systems were shut down. And so everybody was just in holding. This means that more people are incarcerated because they're waiting for trial. They're waiting for bail. Uh, it was just not a good time in regards to domestic violence and relationships, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I had also heard you guys talking about Kanye and Kim's relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lonnie mentioned something that I think mm-hmm. a lot of people miss is the range of abuse and violence in relationships. So we often think that violence in relationships is physical. It's this Amanda Heard, Johnny Depp situation, mm-hmm. but domestic violence in relationships is a lot more subtle. And mm-hmm. it starts with things like over-controlling behaviors. It starts with telling my partner what to do. And then a natural ramification of that and continued use of abuse in relationships will lead to character defamation. I'm impacting this person's job and their source of income. Mm-hmm. Domestic violence, what we're seeing with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is exactly the image of domestic violence in relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I, my, my, uh, again, going back to, um, you know, one of my initial questions is like, is that one of the reasons why you got into this field was because you were probably uh, seeing a lot of this happening around you? Or, I mean, what, what exactly is the reason why you got into this field of study exactly? You know, that's a really difficult question to ask. And I think the answer differs based on who's asking. But I think a large part of why I entered this field was not only my life experience, because if you want to talk about crazy, well, uh, I'm sure you know a little bit about that, Xander, you know, uh, and my crazy person. I'm like, how do you, I don't know anything about crazy. (laughs) Just a little bit. No, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, what what, what exactly are you talking about? So, you know, just um, my wild side, definitely walking down the Vegas Strip, you know, things like that that, back in the day. That's not crazy. That's (laughs) just, that's just how, that's just, that's just just, you know, just just to go ahead and clarify, so that way people don't think anything different. Because when you said walking down the strip of, of Vegas, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, really quick, that's how I met Raquel. Uh, you know, we actually, oh, this is starting to sound really bad. I was okay, going to say, me, were, were, you, were, were you working the streets? That's why I have to clarify that. I was actually uh, prom- because I used to be a Hollywood club promoter, and I was promoting clubs in Vegas uh, one weekend, and she was uh, actually there uh you know having fun with her with friends of hers and stuff like that and uh my friend and i uh nick uh we were walking you know around trying to get people to come to the club that night and we see uh three ladies walking and you know we uh we told them hey you know we have a club you know we have a club thing tonight you know we're more than to come through and that's pretty much how like it's funny because the two ladies ended up giving me raquel's number <laughs> 
like they didn't even give me, they didn't even give me their numbers. They, they gave me Raquel's number or Raquel shared it. I, I, I don't remember. It was one of those two. And that's how I met her. Uh, and this is before she, you know, she got, uh, you know, she was actually Raquel, weren't you studying at the time? Like you were still studying this field? I was very early on in my career, and that's why I bring that up, is that, you know, you've known me for a very long time, so you definitely mm-hmm. have heard uh, the things that I've been through and why yes. I'm motivated to do what I do. So I think it's, you know, it is my life experience, but also some of us are just born with this with a skill. We're born mm-hmm. with a talent, and it just so happens that talking about other people is mine. <laughs> Right. And that's, and that's, and that's something that, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, that again, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunately common, you know, um, that, uh, that, that this type of conversation happens, you know, so, so nonchalantly and so common. It's, it's very tragic, but I mean, but Raquel, like you, you've been working with a lot of people, uh, and, and I believe you've also been working with, uh, with some actors here and there. I do. I was, I practice virtual therapy, which is, uh, you know, I've been doing that before COVID. So now it's only brought more clients my way. So I have worked with a lot of clients in entertainment. Um, I specialized in building self-confidence and self-esteem in people uh, who have experienced childhood abuse. And that's Mm -hmm. very common in a lot of, uh, a lot of the acting community because Mm -hmm. acting is a way to resolve conflict acting can be a way Mm -hmm. to express yourself and i even facilitate some sort of like drama therapy approaches so that really sends a lot of people who are creatives in my direction and i mean jeremy i mean would you concur with that because i mean seeing as you were you know in in that uh that field i mean would you would you agree with what uh, raquel is saying I would absolutely agree. I mean, especially, Raquel, when you were talking about everything going on with COVID, I mean, we are seeing massive amounts of relapse and, as you said, abuse and, I mean, everything else. The stress Mm -hmm. levels have pushed mental health to the brink right now. Mm -hmm. And as we have seen, we are horribly underprepared for this type of thing in the mental health field, industry, you know, whatever, As as a country as a state as every that we are just horribly under under prepared for this um i mean we're losing people left and right in the recovery industry right now i mean it, i believe the figures something it's over 63 percent the rate of relapse is over 60 to 80 percent higher right now i don't have the exact number um mm-hmm. you know it's it's a really really bad time right now for all of this so yeah I mean, and, and that's, that's something that's, uh, that's affecting everybody. I mean, and Lonnie, I mean, you know, have, yes. have you, have you experienced yes. anything such as, uh, yes. such as what Raquel mm-hmm. is talking about? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've experienced some trauma in my life before. Um, you know, I'll be the first, um, nothing physical, but I, ha- I have been in a couple of, had a few experiences in my life where there was some trauma involved with another human being. Mm-hmm. And I will say, and that, and that was what leads me to my next question uh, for Raquel, because I actually have two, because there was something that she said that I thought was really interesting about the pandemic. Um, first, I wanted to know in your therapy with your clients, um, how, how much do you include med- meditation and yoga for, or is it just pretty much individual, but how much of that uh, is part of the prescription or diagnosis or treatment for people? It definitely, and then that, go on. Go uh, so it, it definitely depends on the person that I'm working with. Everybody is open to different forms of healing. Everybody wants a different mm-hmm. approach. 
which is interesting, the American Psychological Association actually backed the use of spirituality in healing of mental health disorders. So there is always an element of spirituality that I integrate into session, but that could look like yoga, that could look like meditation, that could look like actually mindfulness, which is just a present non-judgmental attitude. And so... The, like the hip word in therapy nowadays is mindful and it comes mm-hmm. from a scientifically backed approach for therapy. So a lot of people are starting to integrate this concept of mindfulness into treatment with their clients. That's awesome. And then my other thing I wanted to mention, you had, had said that there has been an increase in just abuse cases since the pandemic started, Just a, and it made me immediately think of something that happened over the weekend. And then my question was, has there been, because I've wondered, has there been an increase of animal abuse um, during the pandemic? And I looked it up, and it apparently, at least this report that I found, said that, yes, there has. Just over the weekend, I uh, helped to report what I suspected was in a, a case of animal abuse, um, where a dog and a rabbit, I know this is bizarre, you guys, was left neglected. And oh I had to, and, and they came out and got them. And, oh um, and I reported it. And it was a neighbor and I just noticing it, you know, and I don't even live here in this community, but he and I had just noticed these animals were left outside and, you know, we kind of started to just put two and two together. Called, I first was tried to reach out to animal control, but I guess with it just being the weekend, you know, and also many of these uh, government offices and some of them, which are non-profit, um, aren't staffed. And so I couldn't reach anybody. And so I just called the police and they sent out two officers and they took them. So... You know, from what from what I've read, they're they're saying that um, a lot of pets have been abandoned during this time as well. So, wow, that's that's incredibly mm-hmm. sad. And and I mean, you know, Raquel, you you uh, you worked with over three hundred people that were court ordered to attend, uh, you know, therapy. I mean, what's, what's their, what are their initial like reactions when they walk in? I mean, is it, is it hostile or is it depending on whether or not they believe they were in the right or in the wrong? I mean, how's, how's their attitude usually towards you, uh, when they first walk in through your door? This is always a fun experience for me. I love it. I just, I, I love it. I love working with people who do not want to come to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I work with them, these people who are initially resistant, that these are the people that you see the most change in. You can wow. see the changing of attitudes. You can see inflexibility and then become flexible. And I have had so many associations, so many projections placed upon me, just being a woman working with primarily men. And I would have to say that I I have felt misogyny. Um, I have felt hostility because of my gender. And at the same time, I have also been associated with the man I have been told that I am a part of the system. And I was like, what? I'm just here to heal your life. Like, I'm just going to make things better for you. Like, what, what are you talking about? The paranoia uh, kicks in. Right. But initially, you see more defensiveness. You, st- you see hostility and anger. And in working with people who use violence, I have actually come to see intimate partner violence, abuse in adult relationships from a different perspective. And here is the unpopular opinion. 
but it is factually correct. 80% of relationships where domestic violence is occurring, the, dom- the domestic violence is bi-directional. This means that both parties are abusing each other in some way. I'm not saying both abuse each other physically, but there are multiple forms of abuse. And this stems from you cannot have a relationship where one person is healthy and one person is not healthy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work in that way. A healthy person will not be in a relationship with an unhealthy person because they will not tolerate that sort of behavior. So you have a very layered dynamic between two people that creates domestic violence. And this is something that we have to take a look at because part of the resistance that you're talking about, Xander, and you're asking about is that these people come in court ordered, found guilty of some sort of physical form of domestic violence. And they're saying, well, my intimate partner calls me really mean names, steals my money. She she or he takes away my kids. And we're talking about all these other forms of abuse that the partner is instilling, instilling that are non-criminal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, now, unpopular opinion, that is, but let me just say that at the same time, you are not responsible for your partner using abuse against you. Mm-hmm. It is still not okay for your partner to respond to you in an abusive way, even if you abuse them to begin with. Right. And in this case, you're like, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you because you're the one right. that got the court order. Absolutely. And you were the one that found that was found guilty. Yes. <laughs> if, I, if I could jump in there, Raquel, I love what you said there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, to compare it to recovery, uh, you see the biggest changes in the people who are resistant to it most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen many people who I've worked with and I've come through the many meetings and recovery rooms I've been in who had no interest in being there whatsoever. I mean, who had, who couldn't wait to get out, but were court ordered, you know, because of a DUI, because of abuse, because of whatever. And again, these are the people who a year later are leading the meetings, who are now working with more people than anybody else in the room, who are walking through sobriety with more people and helping more, you know, helping others. And it just seeing those changes Mm -hmm. in somebody is really exciting. So similar Mm -hmm. feeling when I see somebody come in the room and they, you know, say they were court ordered or something else, like I, I get excited. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I'm I'm wanting to see what happens. I want to see that change in them, and I want to see that fire get lit under their feet. You know, and I know it's an unpopular opinion, as you said, but it's very true. It is. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been in an abusive relationship before. Um, when I was drinking, I was not the most pleasant human being in the world, and while I was not a physically violent man to anybody that I loved. Um, if I didn't like you, you were definitely in trouble. But if I, you know, somebody I loved was not physically in trouble, but I was a verbally abusive person. I was not a pleasant person to be around. Now, in some of those relationships I was in, as you said, I was dealing with levels and forms of abuse on the other side as well. It does not excuse my actions or my behaviors. And that's something people need to realize. And I'm sure you know, in today's society, we're often told to look for you know the, the reason. And while that's a good thing, most of us tend to look for the reason why it's not our fault. 
Mm-hmm. And and the thing is that uh, you know just to go ahead and piggyback on what you're saying, Jeremy. It, I mean, it's it's one of those things where when you're court ordered to do certain things, um, for example, like I I was I had a DUI um, that I you know regret because it was it was uh, I was hitting a downward spiral in my life um, because of the situations around me surrounding myself, uh, you know just my financial situations, everything. I just you know it was it was a tough time, and. Um, I, I I was living kind of a reckless life, not not really like hugely reckless, but it was heading in that direction. And uh, me getting that DUI was DUI was actually a rude awakening because, I mean, granted it wasn't um, I wasn't like you know like sloshed and completely plastered or anything like that when I was driving, but I was still uh, you know point oh one over the legal limit and. Um, you know, they, they still got me for that. And they, they required me to, uh, you know, to, you know, take alcohol classes and things like that. And, 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 you know, I, my experience with the, with those classes weren't, weren't bad at all. I actually, I actually enjoyed it. They were a lot of fun. The instructors were actually a lot of fun. Um, they, they, you know, they knew that we were all there, uh, against our will that we were all there because of stupid mistakes that we made. Some of us were regretful. I was one of those that was regretful of the, of the, 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 the mistakes that I had made. Others were just like, others were, this was like their fourth or fifth time there. Um, but there was one point where uh, I had to actually attend a group therapy. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, uh, I, I kind of missed the group therapy because I was able to express how I was feeling, the things I was going through, uh, the the actions that I was taking, the people that were surrounding me that were at the time that were that weren't exactly the best people in the world. Some of them were very toxic in my life, um, and I got to express a lot of what I was going through, a lot of a lot of the feelings that I was going through, a lot of the anger that I was trying to that I was trying to uh, get through, uh, frustrations, many different emotions, negative emotions that I was going through, and it helped out a lot. I actually after those meetings I felt refreshed I felt like it was almost like a confessional I was able to confess a lot of things I was holding inside and uh, it, it it definitely helped me a lot to the point that I never made a mistake like that ever again um, many people you know go through four different DUIs I got one and that was enough for me let me tell you um, not only from a financial uh, you know point of view but also from just an emotional one you know I it just did not help things any better uh and i got through it pretty well but yeah i mean you know having therapy many people may say oh that's just that's nothing that doesn't help it actually does help a lot Mm -hmm. and i'm sure i'm sure raquel you get a lot of those too where you know a lot of uh, skeptics that don't believe that therapy is actually you know helpful at all or helps them at all i mean how do you how do you usually deal with skeptics like that i play games with them (laughs) <laughs> really? And what are these games that you play? I'm curious now. So I found a long time ago, because I've been doing this work for some time working with this population, that it comes from a place of trauma, that mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines, they they have learned to use violence and abuse to solve problems. Mm-hmm. You see this behavior, the acting out of how you feel rather than talking about it in children 
And when we talk about big emotions, we are talking about our child parts. We are talking about our childhood experiences that we haven't resolved or worked through. And I just one day had this light bulb go off. And also I was like, man, I'm tired of hitting brick walls every single day. Like this is becoming frustrating for me. What can I do? I decided to start to integrate play therapy into my approach with working with people who are court ordered. And I actually have gone on to speak at international conferences, training other people to use therapy games with this population. Because if you look for it, it's not out there. Not a lot of people are using this approach. So we started to play games and this, is not only like board games, card games, but like movement games. So this is where, you know, when you asked Lonnie about Mm -hmm. this stuff in practice, we are doing like, it's called a 10 minute walk. And you use 10 minutes to walk Mm -hmm. from wall to wall of a, maybe a 30 foot space, right? Mm -hmm. So these are like mindfulness stuff that we do Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. to get them moving, to get them in touch Mm -hmm. with different parts of themselves and to make it fun Mm -hmm. so that they can Mm -hmm. trust me. So doing human Mm -hmm. things with them, treating them like human beings instead of these bad Mm -hmm. offenders because we've all done things that we're not proud of. You just connect with them on a human level and and that encourages them to share their life with you. Mm. That really speaks to me, um, Raquel. I remember when I went through teacher training and there's a young lady who I'm still friends with today because we bonded through this experience. One of the things that they they had us do was we did this uh, mindfulness um, exercise where she and I were sitting down, um, uh, legs were crossed um, and lotus position. And you had to take a, a minute or less and stare into the other person eyes. I don't know if this was the same, if you would consider this some, the same. And after we did the exercise and everyone was facing someone, we went around in the room to just uh, say what it felt like, like what we saw when we were staring in each other's eyes. What we, you know, I noticed that her eyes were blue, but they also had like these flickers of hazel and green. And it almost was after a while that it was almost, it was wild. You could almost see or feel their innermost feelings just from staring in their eyes. It was really moving. And till this day, I still speak to this person. And we, we just felt like we bonded over that experience. It's amazing. Absolutely. So I pick up a lot of my tools that I use in therapy from experiences that I've had. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually do that same activity in my groups. It's called staring contest. And I have two grown adult men stare at each other in the eyes without words for one minute. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about uh, exactly what you're talking about, their experiences, Mm -hmm. what they saw, how that made, how they felt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I have a question, Jeremy, do you want to stare at me for one minute? (laughs) I can't stare at you for one second. Come on. If I can jump in real quick, uh, Raquel, you said something that's so important. Um, You really did. I got to comment on it. Uh, When you were talking about trauma and how you use these things to address that, people don't realize how big that is and how much those childhood traumas play a role in our lives. Um, it's, It's not a very popular opinion outside of the mental health industry. Politicians don't get it. Most people don't get it. But Russell Brand actually said it 
um, the man is really, really brilliant when it comes yeah, to yes. recovery. Yeah, and yes. um, he, he said it. He said, you know, pot is not a gateway. Alcohol is not a gateway. You want to talk about a gateway, address the trauma. Trauma yeah. is the gateway. And I love that more people in therapy are beginning to address that more. It's always been a central part, but it's it's become even more realized now in this community how 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 much it really is a gateway into all of those destructive behaviors. I mean, as you said, Raquel, the violence, um, as I can comment on the, the addictions, all of that, it is those traumas. I mean, I can speak personally, my alcoholism was almost 100% rooted in my trauma of sexual abuse as a child. I could not deal with it mm-hmm. at all. And alcohol and drugs were the only thing that made it go away you know people do not realize the magnitude of those traumas that happened to us early on and i'm really glad you said that because people don't address that enough and from what i understand raquel uh you also have a special interest in i mean this is in going with what uh, jeremy is is talking about uh you have a special interest in working with people who have not only been incarcerated but also uh childhood sexual abuse and autistic people yes i am so just grateful for jeremy sharing that because we know that men and boys underreport their victimization of childhood sexual abuse and as survivors of sexual abuse we should not have shame to talk about that because it's not our shame to carry and i am just so grateful that you shared that if i could just kind of summarize my whole understanding of even domestic violence and hate in our communities and anger and aggression towards others, it would be rooted in what Russell Brand was talking about. And what you highlighted, Jeremy, is that trauma is a gateway to so many things. Domestic violence is a symptom of trauma. Domestic violence, anger, aggression, hate towards other people is a symptom of something that we're dealing with from our own experience. And I, I, I'm curious, um, you know, because you also uh, expressed that you also had special interest in working with autistic people. Have you worked with any autistic people? Because I mean, that that's that that right there is a challenge, from what I understand. <sighs> No, actually, I think they're the coolest people I know. Really? Yeah. I, like, I have several friends who are also uh, autistic, and I they're just like anybody else, but a little bit different. Um, I work with this population because I know it very intimately. I have a family member who has autism, and I understand them, I think, differently, uh, understand people with autism differently um, mm. because of that experience. And I just find that I fit in better with autistic people. It's really funny. Um, but it's been really rewarding for me to work with this population um, and allow them to advocate for themselves. Do you find, Raquel, because um, I, I too in my family um, have, have experienced, have a few, um, have autistic person and I'm, there's a certain honesty that I feel like oftentimes people don't value enough that you, that you often, and I might be generalizing, that you can get from someone who's autistic. It's interesting that we spend so much time focusing on 
autistic people being social and teaching them how to be social and teaching them how to be good listeners. Mm-hmm. And then we forget that we gave them all this education. And when they're adults, they're great listeners. Mm-hmm. They know social stuff because you've made them study it for the past 18 years. And I, I believe that we continue the stigma though, when they get into adulthood and it's like, oh, you're autistic, you have these social deficits, but it's like, actually they have a lot of strengths that mm-hmm. we have reinforced within them and natural strengths that we could learn something from their experience. Agree. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that uh, you're doing your part to to uh, expand your horizons a bit. Um, you, you've also expanded your horizons as a featured blogger uh, with uh, something entitled "The Pretty Brain." Now. <laughs> I, I I gotta I gotta tell you folks out there right now, Raquel is a very beautiful woman, incredibly beautiful, uh, and I believe that because of that, you get you know you you get a little flack for that from from you know uh, like you said you've experienced misogyny uh, and you've also experienced some you know haters of the opposite of of the same of your of the same gender you know um, so I mean I'm I'm pretty sure that you know, people when they see you uh, and I think you've expressed this to me before they don't really know how intelligent you really are until you start talking and they're like wow I didn't know that came out of you you know. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, like, how's how's your experience been uh, as far as that's concerned? I mean, is that the reason why you entitled this uh, The Pretty Brain? So I want to first give uh, credit to The Pretty Brain for um, Jess Hines. She is a, a girl that I went to, a woman that I went to college with, and she's editor-in-chief, the creator of The Pretty Brain. Ah. I just came along and assisted them. This is a blog for women, and it's titled All Brain, None of the Bullshit. We're getting straight down to what mental health really is as women, nice. not not some powdery, like, you know, self-care, buy this detox tea. Uh, that's not what it's about. It's about the, the realness of experiencing mental health issues. Um, I appreciate you uh, highlighting my struggle. Uh, <laughs> well, because you, you've expressed it to me many times and I'm just like, that's just not right for people to automatically assume it's just because you're an attractive woman, you have no brain. I mean, it's just, it's just doesn't make any sense. Sometimes people should at least, you know, I mean, you'd think that in this day and age, there would be, you know, there'd be a little bit more common sense than that. It's definitely a privilege and a struggle. I do not think that I am what people expect, especially when you're court ordered to come to therapy and all of a sudden this (laughs) six foot tall blonde hair, blue eye in heels and lipstick is sitting right in front of you, you know. (laughs) And I also take a lot of uh, clients who use insurance so they don't know what I look like and they're just assigned to me because of my agency. So they don't expect to see me as a therapist and I'm young too. Um, Although... You know, with that experience, I've had a lot of negative experiences with that. I try to be mindful, not negative. A lot of learning opportunities from that to see, you know, how people view me and learning to also use that in a particular light. If I have a uniqueness about me, if anybody has a uniqueness about them and you can capture someone's attention for five minutes, use that five minutes to spread a good message. And that's what I do. 
Nice, nice. Well, that's that's a good thing. And I mean, I remember, I remember you also expressed uh, frustration at times as well uh, when you used to uh, do therapy for uh, for couples uh, because you used to get kind of uh, flack from from the guy's girl or you know even guys trying to trying to flirt with you in front of the girl or something like that. I believe it was. I mean, have you been able to overcome that little obstacle? No. <laughs> I, I wish I could say it was true, but it, uh, but it's not. Um, An honest I, answer. Yeah. I can't control what other people do. I can only control my my reactions. I do in the group setting when I was working with a lot of men a week. I had several men who were court ordered try to hit on me or suggest that they wanted to take me out on dates and I'm just like, okay, bro, consider the context. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You got to give them an A for effort. (laughs) It's like date your therapist. Really dude. (laughs) And you're here for domestic violence. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that I don't think that's going to fly too well. Um, but I mean, I, I thought I, I was actually, um, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, confused for a second. I'm glad you clarified uh, that the pretty brain uh, is actually a blog that you're featured on. Um, I thought you had created that that blog. So that's why I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you're fe- featured on that. You're also a co-host um, for the Epic Voices and Conversations podcast. Uh, you just I, I believe that's a podcast that you just started. Yes, it is. I work with another mental health professional. His name is Dave Matthews, the real Dave Matthews. Nice. (laughs) Nice. He is a wonderful therapist who I have uh, known over the last couple of years, and we decided to team up with a internationally recognized organization called the Institute on Violence, Abuse, and Trauma, and we are helping them with their media efforts. Awesome, awesome. And you're also the owner of Duct Tape Productions, uh, which is a multimedia production company. This is true, man. It's starting to sound like, is there anything I don't do? Right? (laughs) Jane of all trades over here. Mm -hmm. I don't skateboard. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, nobody's perfect, I guess. (laughs) No, that's really cool, though. You got your your hands in a lot of cookie jars. I mean, what's Duct Tape Productions about, though, exactly? So Duct Tape Productions is a long time in the making. I have been creating content of all sorts for basically since the internet started. And I have just decided to help other people to monetize what they would call the side hustle and to use another platform to spread awareness and prevention of violence, abuse, and trauma. So we make videos, I make podcasts, we make uh, images and pictorials. Um, We put together events, collaborations, Nice. Nice. That's really cool. That's really cool. And, uh, you know, I know that you've been asked to be speaker at many conferences. I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the most recent conference that you've asked to be uh, a speaker at or which, which ones are coming up that you're going to be speaking at? 
So I have just presented at the Institute on Violence, Abuse, and Trauma, their 25th annual summit. It was virtual this year, so that was my first time presenting virtually other than Facebook live feeds and that. I am on the planning committee with the Institute on Violence, Abuse, and Trauma, and we're working on a self-care track. So this is teaching people about self-care and mental health, and I will be submitting for those uh, upcoming conferences. They have a Hawaii conference. Unfortunately, not this year. Won't be in Hawaii because of COVID. But, mm. uh, you must be disappointed be. about that one. I am. I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, though. I mean, it seems like you've been uh, you've had a very active uh, career. I mean, but besides, uh, you know, therapy, you're also a professional fitness model, and you have a lot of brands wow. that. Uh, oh no, she's she's doing it, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I don't even everywhere. think I put that on my on my biography. How, well, we're talking about things I didn't even list. <laughs> I definitely have to follow you, Raquel, on Instagram, and I well, well, and follow, we'll, follow me after this too. We'll definitely yeah. we'll definitely get to that portion uh, mm-hmm. soon. But I mean, you know, when it comes to fitness model, I mean, I, I mean, besides, you didn't have to like put it anywhere because you're. I mean, because I follow you on Instagram and you mm-hmm. post exercise videos. I mean, and you do this um, to basically promote mental health because a lot of, and and, and Lonnie, you could attest to this as well, that a lot of, you know, positive thinking, positive, you know, thoughts and everything are derived from physical activities, physical fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's also been proven that physical fitness also enhances endorphins or, you know, releases endorphins uh, to, you know, that's why, you know, fit people are usually very uh, positive, very happy and, you know, et cetera. So, I mean, I'm assuming that therapy and physical fitness go hand in hand in this, in, in this particular case, Raquel. Except if you use steroids. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you got that roid rage going, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure, Raquel, you know, you, you've you uh, you definitely, uh, you know, besides obviously, you know, roid rage does, does make, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, issues with people. But I mean, you know, for the most part, I think that, uh, you know, I believe that you, you definitely have gotten a lot of positive feedback from people uh, that, watch you you know do your workouts and you know you post a lot of uh workout routines on your social media i mean have you gotten a lot of uh positive feedback from that as well I am a sponsored athlete with BioHealth Nutrition. It is an internet only supplement company. They have some really good pasture free, uh, animal cruelty free products and they've came out with a vegan line as well. Oh, and And, 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 and real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Yes, I gotta agree with you on that because you actually sent me uh, protein uh, protein powder from from that company. And I gotta tell you, it's it's really tasty. It's actually really good. Their standard vanilla is amazing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need any fancy anything. Their vanilla and their mochaccino, which you put in your coffee as a creamer. Yeah, no, and I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I mean, did they approach you? Like, how did that whole whole thing happen? Yes, I got approached by BioHealth with a rep of theirs a couple years back. They were very interested in my social media presence at the time. This was like, I don't know, like seven years ago before social media, like marketing became a thing. And I just started using their supplement because I was dealing with some mental health issues that impacted my physical body, um, had a lot of very poor habits, poor relationships with food, uh, 
poor self-confidence. And as a result, that was reflected in my physical body. And as I started to recover with my mental health, I started to be able to use my body in the way that I wanted. I was able to get into fitness at a kind of a deeper level and, you know, get into bodybuilding. And so they saw me go through that process and they said, hey, we'd really like to team up with you. And it has never been about selling the product or marketing the product because I don't sell the product, but it's never been about marketing the product, but using the platform that I have to talk about mental health and the mind-body connection, talking about the importance of working with your mental health and that could improve your physical state. And I, I, I'm interested in hearing, you know, Lonnie's perspective on that because yoga, meditation, you, sometimes you don't even have to move to, to be mm -hmm. physical. Absolutely. Um, it's funny that you should mention that, um, Raquel, and thank you for including me in the discussion. Um, just recently took a, just anecdotal story, took a, um, a road trip with a friend of mine down to Laguna Beach for the weekend, and she's into yoga. And she doesn't teach, but she's a hardcore yogi and, you know, very, very strong, um, you know, can do many of the challenging, very advanced arm balances and, and various things, which I do, but I, I try sometimes shy away from stressing that kind of stuff so much because I feel like yoga has become so westernized that people forget the biggest part of it, um, which was around, it's ancient, long before the physical practice, uh, the spiritual practice, the mental practice, meditation. And so while we were in Laguna, you know, when you're on a road trip with someone, you get to know them better. And we spent like two, two to three days together. And I remember each morning um, when we got up, it's kind of a routine for me. I meditate. That's part of starting my day. Before I try to do it, before I do anything, before I, if I can, and I don't always do it, before I look at my phone, before I check to see what's going out outside, just take some time to just take some deep breaths and meditate. And what was, what was interesting in the trip, on the trip, is I found out my friend, you know, I would go to practice with her and I would see her in the studio all the time, but she doesn't really meditate. And, you know, we were talking about it and, and it almost became, became to the point where we were taking pictures on the beach and, you know, just having fun. And I, I didn't mind taking yoga pictures of her, but it got to the point where it was like the pose had to be perfect in a certain way. And I kept telling her, look, just by, just by the fact that you're doing it and you're doing the practice, it's not about the perfect picture. It's about the practice. And so I just feel like oftentimes... People get so caught up in the appearance of, of physical fitness and, and whether it be yoga or whatever, and they don't enjoy the process enough because I, I've learned the process is where you really grow. And, 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 you know, talking about that, Lonnie, I got to ask you as well. Sure. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to like during doing the yoga poses and things like that i mean does it have to be perfect or or is the whole purpose of it is you know don't think just do uh it doesn't have to be perfect just as long as you give it a shot and that long as long as it relaxes you i mean is that is that kind of the purpose of that well there's certain there's definitely certain principles of alignment that i you know will often stress with people to get them going in the right direction so that, they, you, that you don't hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So so in that sense, yes. 
But in terms of how you look, the appearance of it, uh, everyone is different. We all have different bodies. Our bodies are going to look different. That's what's beautiful about us, you know? So there's a certain pose that I'll do. I'm 5'10". I'm going to look completely different than my friend who I'm talking about, who's more petite. And she's very strong. She's built like a gymnast. We're different in that way. And there's certain poses that are more challenging for me, being taller and longer, and imposes for her that are easier. But what what's important is just the process to get there, to make sure that you're doing the, the steps and taking the steps so that your alignment is right, so that you're breathing deeply, and most importantly, so you don't injure yourself. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I tried, I, I tried uh, yoga for a little bit, and I was kind of messing up here and there, but that's beside the point. Um, it's the fact that you were doing the, it, the Xander Awesome. I, I got to give it a shot again. I mean, it was it was actually kind of it was actually very it was it was stretching out a lot of kinks that I had in my body. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I got to admit that it does it does help a lot um in on and it helps relax me a lot. So, but um as, I mean, you know, Raquel, you know, aside from that, I mean, I you, you've always said that you've been you've been kind of, you know, posting content out for for years. Um Recently, you know, since you started, you know, since you got, you know, uh, since you uh, got more deeper into uh, your career, uh, you've been posting on on Facebook. You've been doing Facebook lives, uh, you know, in regards to different uh, topics that are happening that day, uh, you know, uh, uh, emotional topics that that happen, you know, surrounding different uh you know, high profile people or just, just in general, I mean, how's the response been, you know, especially right now during coronavirus, I'm sure that, uh, the response has been pretty high, uh, regarding, uh, you know, your live, your live Facebook, uh, you know, uh, things that you've been doing on, on Facebook live. My Facebook live comes from and generates from my personal Facebook page. And I, do this for kind of myself to just get, stay in tune with society because I don't I don't watch TV I don't watch the news I kind of just like really limit myself. Um, I'll if I'm interested in something I'll go to a .gov website and I'll read about it and I hear about these things and I try to really stay away from it too because I am empathetic I am very sensitive to just the environment. And so I stay away from that stuff a lot. But when I do hear things, I feel that it's kind of healing for me and also informative for other people to see a different perspective on a situation. So I do share from my own personal perspective of someone who has the knowledge and information of like psychology and kind of a little bit of that background to give my opinion on a situation or what's going on. I want my audience to walk away with a different perspective on what it whatever it is they're saying one that's more centered in balance and wisdom which is a combination of the logic and the feeling because some of the topics that are that have been going on recently are very emotionally charged and create a lot of divide and i think we need harmony during that time no, and I completely agree with that. Uh, so, and then speaking of, you know, social media, how can people stalk you on social media to go ahead and check out uh, some of the, the things that you're offering, you know, to the public? I would definitely go to Instagram as my primary page. This is the all-inclusive page of Raquel, including the pretty brain, including biohealth nutrition, including therapy resources, lots of links from there. And that is 
you're going to have to definitely put the Instagram handle in the caption of this because it is my initials, but they are spelled out. So it's A-R-R-B-E-E-G-E-E. Instagram is a place that you're going to see all the unique content. I post the most there, lots of reposting of different great articles from other people because it's a community of mental health and not just me. Nice, nice. Well, Raquel Buchanan, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. Appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have you back on here again. Uh, I'd love to go ahead and uh, get your opinion from time to time, you know, to see uh, what you think about certain uh, topics that we talk about. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely love to have you here again. Great. Anytime. Awesome. Coming up next yeah. in sports, we got uh, we got a lot of things to talk about in sports, including the fact of the matter that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the golfers, uh, Sergio Garcia, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so we'll definitely go ahead and talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places, right here on the Xander Effect. Blame it all on my roots I showed up in boots And ruined your blind tie affair The last one to know The last one to show I was the last one you thought you'd see there And I saw the surprise And the fear in his eyes When I took his glass of champagne I toasted you, said, honey, we may be thrilled, but you'll never hear me complain. Cause I got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Everything's alright I'll just say goodnight And I'll show myself To the door Hey, I didn't mean To cause a big scene Just give me an hour And then Well, I'll be as high As that ivory tower Slip on down 
What's up, guys? This is Ariane Celeste. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Maricela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID the Kick and Creek. Welcome to the place to be. Of spreading love, we're spreading animosity. Lack of understanding leading us away from unity. That's 
the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down. It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under. Gotta keep my faith alive. The love is found. Ask yourself.
was Cambry Lovesey's Runaway Queen right here on the Xander Effect. Man, you guys, that was an incredible interview with Raquel. Uh, she is just such a, you know, a wonderful person. She's a beautiful person inside and out. And, uh, you know, Raquel, I, I'm so happy that you got to be a part of the Xander Effect. Hopefully we'll have you on here again. I mean, what'd you guys think? She was, was great. fantastic. Yeah, no, it was great having her on. Very knowledgeable, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it was great to hear her opinions on all of that because she definitely knows her stuff. And I love the fact that she loves the challenge of getting people to open up. She enjoys that. That's that's awesome. Very passionate about her work and her work is needed right now. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. Like, especially these days, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all cooped up inside trying to stay, remain isolated, trying to watch out. It's, it's ironic because while we're inside trying to, you know, take care of one another and watch one another, we are also there. There's some out there that are being abusive while they're quote taking care of one another it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's the irony of things but uh definitely if uh if you need uh if any of you out there need some sort of someone to talk to uh you know if, if you're victims of domestic violence or anything like that please feel free to follow uh raquel on her instagram you know she said what her instagram was uh you know go ahead and check her out contact her uh you know find our contact information on there you know contact her if you need any help um, or just in general if uh, any of you are victims of domestic violence or anything like that please you know uh, find find help look for somebody to talk to uh, look for help you know I mean like Jeremy said you know you're not alone you know there's many people that are victims of abuse uh, so make sure you go ahead and look for the proper help out there so uh, but uh, moving forward uh, in sports Sergio Garcia golfer uh test positive for covid and he withdraws from the master uh and the thing is that uh you know he actually won the masters back in 2017 he went ahead and announced it saying quote on saturday night after driving back from the houston open i started feeling a bit of a sore throat and a cough the symptoms stayed with me on sunday morning so i decided to get tested for covid19 and so did my wife angela thankfully she tested negative but i didn't after 20 years of not missing a major championship I will sadly miss the Masters this week. The important thing is that my family and I are feeling good will come back stronger and give the green jacket to go next April. Oh, I'm sorry, give the green jacket a go next April. So unfortunately COVID strikes again in 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 in, in golf and uh, yeah, Sergio's going to have to miss this one but uh, Jeremy, you said that you had uh, some news regarding the Masters. Well, it's just been announced as well. And let me start by saying I wish Sergio all the best. Um, hope for a speedy recovery there. Um, you know, it's, it's awful to hear, especially, you know, it's always heartbreaking for these guys to miss what is considered the seminal event of every year in the golf season. Um, so wish him all the best. But we have some good news coming out of the Masters. And it was just announced that Lee Elder, who was the very first black man to ever play in the Masters, Wow. will actually be one of the honorary starters nice. of the tournament this year. So wow. finally, this 
organization that has had a rather backwards attitude for many, many years is starting to get on board. So, you know, we have Augusta has its first female member now. I believe they have more than one. We have black members now. Yes. Now, praise God. The man who, amen. And the man who (laughs) broke that ceiling, you know, everybody thinks of Tiger Woods as being Uh the one who really broke through. But Lee Elder, 50, I think it's 60 years ago now, 50 years ago now, broke that barrier first mm-hmm. and they're honoring him finally you know that's really really know. awesome that's I mean, it's, he's being you know it's been tradition for many years that Arnold Palmer Jack Nicholas, mm-hmm. you know uh, Gary Player all these other guys who had won the Masters were and given they won that was the difference right. they were being brought back as champions well Lee Elder mm-hmm. you know may not have won but he he won a lot of other things that day and for them to bring him forward and recognize that is a long time in coming and a really welcome thing to hear that's That's awesome that's awesome that's awesome i'm glad to hear that as well and uh you know the masters should be a very interesting tournament so we'll definitely keep an eye on that it's postponed from april because of the pandemic oh really that i didn't know Yeah, because I was like, the Masters, normally it's not happening this time of year. Yeah, the reason why they're actually even holding it this year, and the weather, from what I've seen, has been pretty nice down in Georgia, um, is because of COVID, because it normally takes place in April. I didn't know that. I actually didn't. I had no idea about that. So thank you for that, Lonnie. I appreciate that. Um, In other sports news, and, you know, this is going back because I know, Lonnie, you're a boxing fan. Uh, You know, you like like this. You you definitely like the sport, um, you know, and so does uh, Jeremy. Evander Holyfield is calling out Mike Tyson and basically he wants next after Mike Tyson uh, takes on Roy Jones Jr. on November 28th uh, and you know basically Evander Holyfield he wants that rematch I mean we all know the situation that happened between Tyson and Holyfield Tyson biting off his ear in ah. the middle, of the, in the middle of, the, of the boxing match and um, it just you know I guess Evander still wants a piece of him because he's like you know what I'm not over that you you know, you may have apologized and whatever, whatever, but I still want a piece. And it makes a lot of sense for that rematch because that's that's kind of a, a story without an ending. It, it never really ended. It was kind of um, that that win that that Holyfield got uh, from Tyson was due to a disqualification. And it holds an asterisk over Holyfield's head that I think that he just is like, you know what? I, 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 I want I want that. I, I want to. Let me wa- let me walk you back there for a second, though. Hold on, <laughs> because that's not exactly accurate. Now, the first fight, the, the fact that he he has the win with the asterisk. Yes, he does because of the biting incident. What you have to remember is that was the second fight. True. The first fight, Holyfield dominated him, mm-hmm. beat him. Round to round, every round, I mean, just dominated him head to toe. And Mike Tyson's ego couldn't handle it. You have to understand the rivalry those two men had. They hated each other in their primes in their in the 90s. Before Tyson went to prison, the only thing Holyfield thought about every day was destroying Mike Tyson. 
Wow. He hated the fact that this man was considered better than him and was considered the greatest, and he wasn't even in the discussion. It wow. drove him every single day. And as a boxing fan who really followed it, at that point, Mike Tyson had already lost what made him great. I know I've talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Tyson was a boxer. When he had Customato in his corner, he could box. Now, people don't remember that because all they remember is him taking guys' heads off in 19 seconds. Mm -hmm. But he could move. He could box. He went to the body like nobody I had ever seen at that point. He had all the skills. Now, by the time he lost to Buster Douglas and had been in line for this fight with Holyfield, he had lost that. He had, Customato had died. He'd fired his longtime trainers and he was surrounded by yes men. And every fight he had was just him going out there and trying to knock the guy's head off. All the boxing was gone. Most of the head movement was gone. He was not the same fighter. If if had they met, had he not gone to jail and had Holyfield and him met, I honestly believe in 1991 or whatever it was, he would have, Evander Holyfield would have destroyed Tyson in that fight a fight we never got to see. Now, that's just my opinion. But Tyson had lost it at that point. He was still the most dangerous man in the ring because of his sheer power. But a technician like Holyfield would have taken him apart. And again, we saw it when they finally came back together in the ring. That first fight, Holyfield beat him like a redheaded stepchild, to use a poor phrase. <laughs> I mean, he he absolutely, I mean, Mike, Mike Tyson's face was so swollen after that yeah, fight. Yeah, it was bad. I remember that. <laughs> you know. And oh my goodness! So, so Holyfield proves proved what he needed to prove already. Now, mm-hmm. was he pissed after getting his ear bit off? Who the hell wouldn't be? Oh yeah! And I'm sure he would love to get a little, you know, little payback. For you, th- that. you think he might bite him back? Absolutely not. God, would you want to bite Tyson? What do you think you get? I'm just saying, you know, you know, one bite deserves another. I mean, and Lonnie, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Hey guys, I mean, while you guys were talking about this whole thing, I looked it up on Wikipedia because that's just what I do. And that, nice. <laughs> just saying, and uh, this fight, okay, was back in 1919, 1997. The, they call it the bite fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just going back um, during that time, not to be graphic, but yeah, Tyson was disqualified. And they said that he actually bit a portion of his ear, not to be too graphic for the listeners here. And I'm surprised I can even say this without puking, but known as the helix, helix, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he spatted the flesh onto the canvas. Yeah, they had Crazy. pictures of it. They had pictures when, of the of the piece on on the canvas. Well, I, I watched the fight live. Me too. And, and you saw him spit it out. I mean, you saw the flesh leave his mouth. It was it, it, was, it was in the video. I mean, watching it, you didn't even need them to play it back. You saw it. If you were watching the fight, you saw him rip his head away from Holyfield's head and spit something out. And everybody knew what happened. It was like he bit him. Oh my god, he bit him. Yeah, I, I, it was it was insane. And, I mean, and, and Tyson had. I guess they questioned him later about it, and he said that the reason why he did it was because he was tired of the headbutts, and so that was like retaliation for that. 
Yeah, and that's something that's been commented on many times by a lot of boxing analysts. And mm-hmm. the truth is, Tyson and Holyfield were guys whose styles, their heads led them a lot of times. Okay. Because, because they bobbed, they weaved, and they both would come up into you as they punched. So mm-hmm. when you have two fighters who do that a lot, you can get a lot of head jostling. It's <laughs> okay. not exactly an intentional thing, but it does mm-hmm. happen. And it was something that at that time, Tyson's temper and ego couldn't handle. Wow. I mean, he even I've... said it in years later. Sorry to cut mm-hmm. you up, but he's even said it years later in some of his more lucid moments that, you know, it was it was just the sheer rage that came over him after getting hit in the face so many times by the guy's head. And again, to him, it seemed intentional. To people mm-hmm. watching the fight, it looked like two boxers who have kind of clashing styles and it was their heads coming together while they were trying to do what they were trying to do. Right. I mean, it should be an interesting, uh, if if in fact Tyson agrees to do this fight, it should be a very interesting one because I mean, it's years later. No. Both, both. He's men. fifty-eight. Well, he's here's 58. well, here's the thing. They're saying, um, you know, Evander Holyfield's camp is basically saying, "quote It's not even about the money at this point." I think Tyson is scared. We've offered multiple times, and Tyson versus Holyfield is the fight that's that should happen. So there's people, you know, surrounded by Holyfield that are saying that you know they should go ahead and do, you know, the rub- the, the 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 third you know fight against them mm-hmm. to go ahead and finish it completely. Um, but you know, in, if they were to accept this, both fighters are older. Uh, both fighters, uh, you know, I mean, they're 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 they pretty much hit the that age limit. And uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you, I mean, do you think? Uh, I mean, Lonnie, do you think it's yeah. it's, it's uh, you know coming from mm-hmm. physical fitness world? Do you think yeah. it's prudent for them to go ahead and go through with this? No, but you know what? People <laughs> like will that. do anything. No, not at all. People <laughs> like will that. do anything these days for money. Just saying. True. True. I mean, it's 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 a very, it's a tough one, and I mean, I know Jeremy, you for sure don't want this to happen. No, I absolutely don't, and you know, I understand it. As Lonnie said, you know, yeah, people nowadays will do anything for money. And as I said last time we discussed this, it's hard to take the fighter out of a fighter. You know, I mean, these yeah. are fighters. These are guys who have who have lived, bred, and ate, slept, and breathed fighting. That's what they do. They compete. They are fighters. That's how they challenge themselves. That's how they prove themselves to themselves. And to take that away or not take that away, but to dangle that again in front of them, that opportunity, of course they're going to be enticed by it. Right. And but, I, I might add one one thing to that. You know how people always say the expression about if you're if you're fighting with a bear, who would you help? Who, who do you think would win? I tell you, the only person human on the planet that I think probably could beat a bear, like one of those bears in Montana, I put my money on Tyson. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, the man's still a beast. And as we said, I mean, even Roy Jones, who's getting in the ring with him, was like, I may have made a mistake. This is is a man who can hurt you. He's a very physically powerful human being. And, you know, the whether he's lost a step or not, he's fighting other people who have 
also lost a step. So that is mm-hmm. a little comforting in that he's not trying to make a comeback. I mean, these guys have all made ridiculous statements about, you know, oh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to fight, you know, Lennox Lewis or, or Tyson Fury or whoever is the reigning, you know, heavyweight champion at the time. And I just don't want to see these guys get killed. I don't want to see them get hurt. Right. And I also don't want to see... It's it's like I'm sorry. Nowadays, it's I know people have different opinions on this. Some people may want to. If the Rolling Stones decide to tour right now, I'm not gonna go see them. Right. I'm sorry. I don't want to see the 79 year old version of the Rolling Stones. It's not an, of interest to me. I don't want to see them when they've lost what made them great, and I don't want to see that in athletes either. So beyond just my physical worry for them, as a fan, I don't want to see them sticking around longer than they should. It's sad to watch athletes that we admired and loved so much hanging on to the last thread when their skills Mm -hmm. have declined so much. Yeah, I was a big, we were a big fans of Sugar Ray Leonard when I grew up. Oh, Sugar. Yeah, and I, I, one thing I loved, I loved how classy he was, and I loved the fact that the one time when he was starting to have issues with his eye, I believe it was a detached retina, he decided, you know what, it's time to leave. It's time to do something else. Yeah. Sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Similar to um, Marvin Hagler. You know, Marvin Hagler was at the top of his game. His only loss at that point, I believe, was to uh, was to Sugar Ray Leonard. Wow. And they hadn't had their rematch that everybody wanted. And it was just a time in his life. Marvin Hagler, other opportunities were popping up. He was being offered films. He was being offered all these different things. He actually became a fairly successful movie star in Italy, but he was being offered an opportunity to support himself and make a life for himself where he didn't have to put his health at risk all the time. Mm -hmm. And Marvin Hagler, I mean, we're talking about one of the toughest SOBs around. I mean, that's, I mean, he was one of the most hardcore, tough, the guy you didn't want to get in the ring with kind of guys. And he walked away at the top of his game to protect his health. You know, I respect that a lot. I really do. Um, As I've said before, as much of a fan of boxing as I am, no one should be doing it. Right. It's violent. Let's just keep it real. Yes, let's keep it real. From a physical (laughs) standpoint, if we're talking about your health, no one should be boxing at all. It shouldn't be happening. The repeated blows to the head are so dangerous. Yes, I'm going to say as much as I love football and I grew up in a football town, I don't want my nephew playing football. I know that's terrible. I don't want him playing football just because how violent it is. Well, I can agree with that. My oldest son, um, you know, my my fiance was from Texas. Our boys were raised there. That's where they grew up. Football was in their blood. My oldest uh-huh. played football from six years old on. And by the time I got him, he, he loved football. So mm-hmm. what was I going to do? I wasn't going to stop him. Right. You know, so we supported him and he played and he was very good. He was defensive team captain. Um, He made varsity as a freshman. He he was very good, but it was a worry. And 
although I was proud that he had made the team as a freshman, I was worried because his body is a freshman's body and he was going right. to be playing this violent game against right. juniors and seniors. Right. Now, for me, that was an issue and it scared me. And in mm -hmm. one of, I think it was his third or fourth game, my son got a horrific concussion. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. I mean horrific. He mm -hmm. got blindsided on the side. It was one of those. He's a he was a linebacker, and he was lining up the running back. He had him on the sideline and was about to tackle him. I mean, he's maybe a yard from him. Has him lined up, and this offensive lineman blindsides him, Ouch. and literally knocked him through the air about mm. eight feet into the sidelines and where the people were standing. Oh, as a parent, See, I, lost my mind. I was about to say, as a parent, as a parent, you must have wanted to go I down there and just go mind. nuts. <laughs> well, yes and no. It was a brilliant hit. It was a legal hit. So I wasn't furious at the kid. I understand the sport. Mm -hmm. Had it been a cheap shot, I'm not sure I could have stayed off the field. <laughs> you know, but it wasn't a cheap shot, and my kid popped right back up. It was a delayed concussion. He played the entire first half with a really horrific, serious concussion. Wow. By the time the second half, by the time they got into halftime, he went in and the concussion set in. When they walked out for halftime, he turned into a zombie. Yeah. The next thing I know, I'm in the stands. The second half has started and I'm here screaming from the sideline. And it's this coach screaming at me, Jeremy, get down here. Jeremy, get down here. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm up in the bleachers. And, you know, those are like, what, 12, 15 feet, you know, up from the field. I literally hurdled the bars and I mean, 20 feet, 15, 20 feet down to the field and just ran down to where my son and he's looking right through me he didn't know mm -hmm. me he didn't know his mother he was gone wow mm -hmm. so again one of my worst fears was realized right then i mean he had a serious brain injury mm -hmm. it wow. took three and a half hours mm -hmm. for him to recognize his own mother oh my god oh. wow okay. that's three, three and a half hours that's crazy so again at this point i felt like maybe we needed to pull him out Mm -hmm. I'm sure he wasn't too happy with that. He was not happy with it. Mm -hmm. And we, we came to an agreement and I said, okay, if this is what you want, you can continue playing. If you get one more head injury, I don't care how severe you're done. And there's yep. no arguments. Yep. And sure enough, his sophomore year, <laughs> in practice before the season even starts, he got his bell rung and he got a mild concussion that affected his eyesight. Mm -hmm. And he came to me and said, Dad, I, I got a concussion. I need to stop. We didn't wow. even have to make the decision for him at that point. He did it for good. himself. That's good. Yeah. That's a responsible kid. Well, when that yeah. second one hit and it affected his vision, right. it was something tangible that he was conscious and coherent of that he could see the damage and was like, uh, this is something long term. This is a problem. Yeah. So he came to us and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Now, given he wasn't going to have that choice anyway at that point, but right. he came to that decision on his own. Well, I mean, it's it's tough being a parent of an athlete. I mean, when I was when I was in high school, my mom like I 
begged and pleaded for her to let me play football. She was like, nope, not a chance. There's no way. <laughs> that was her bottom line, and there was no changing her mind, specifically because I had cousins uh, that had played football at the same high school that I went to. I went to the same high school, and uh, she would see one of my cousins consistently get his leg broken. Something was always breaking, and she's like, there's no way in hell. First of all, we don't have that much money for medical insurance you know, <laughs> to go ahead and cover that. And secondly, no, I don't want you. I don't want to see you get broken out there. There's no, there's no way, and it just never happened. And yeah, you know, unfortunately, I never got to play. But you know, I mean, it's it, and ironically, and actually, she wanted me to go ahead and play soccer. And I'm like, do you have any idea how that's that's football without the pads? Okay, right. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's worse. At least I have protection out there with the pads. But soccer, that's football without the pads. You know, mm-hmm. so. It's just, it's just, you know, they, I, I think uh, uh, my mom never really comprehended the difference between the two, but um, yeah, it was, it's definitely a very hardcore sport. And yeah. uh, I mean, as far as, as far as uh, Tyson and Holyfield go, we'll see if Tyson agrees to it. Who knows? That's going to be, that's going to be something uh, that's, gonna, that's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be uh, keeping an eye on for sure. In other sports news, talking about football and, and injuries in football, uh, the Washington football team QB Kyle Allen uh, is expected to undergo surgery after injuring his ankle. And wow. uh, looks like, uh, you know, he has, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a dislocated ankle with small fracture with a small fracture. And uh, from what they're saying, it's almost very similar to Dak Prescott's injury to the point that uh, that he might that, um, you know, that he might actually uh, Kyle Allen might actually miss the entire season. Still not sure about that. Uh, Coach uh, Ron Rivera is basically saying that it's premature and, you know, to say that he's going to be out for the entire year. Uh, They still don't know yet. I mean, they're assuming that that's going to end up being the case. But for right now, Rivera is going to be starting um, you know, Alex Smith and uh, he went ahead and said, quote, you have a very uh, veteran quarterback who has helped nurture some good young quarterbacks. He's showed them how to prepare and study for a game. This is good for Dwayne. Uh, he'll get an opportunity to see how to truly prepare for a game as a starter and hopefully Dwayne will take it uh, that yeah. that is an opportunity to learn and grow. He may get an opportunity again shortly. He has to be ready and prepare as if he's one play away. This is uh, basically what we're talking about uh, uh, Smith. Uh, so at this point, it just seems that, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, it'll be uh, Smith's first start since uh, November 18th, 2018, uh, because he also suffered a broken fibula and tibia to his right leg. So it'll be interesting to see them go through, uh, a, a, you know, start in the position. Uh, but we'll see what happens with the Washington football team. We'll see what happens with Kyle Allen. And the thing is, there's rumors, too, saying that Dak Prescott's injury might be a career ending. Um there's rumors about that as well that that could be the case. I mean, you know, Jeremy, what do you, what are your thoughts right now as to as far as uh, an injury such as this affecting Dak Prescott and possibly not even coming back? Well, I mean, I said when we first addressed this that that's a possibility. You know, I I, I believe I talked about it before. I saw an injury almost exactly like this. 
for a USC player uh, many years ago. And the player had his foot planted and a guy grabbed him and he got spun and the foot stayed. So literally, mm. it, it's mm. I mean, the, literally you saw it on camera. His his shin, his body, everything turned 180 degrees. And just like foot, Dak Prescott. Yeah, like, just like Dak. His foot yeah. stayed right where it was. So every bone was broken. Every ah. ligament was torn. Ah. I mean, it's the worst injury you could get to a joint. You can't do any more damage than has been done. So coming back from that is not a guarantee. So, of course, there's rumors out there right now that it's it, it could be career-threatening. I mean, it could be. There are no guarantees he comes back from this. You can't have a more catastrophic injury to a joint. Yeah, and Lonnie, to be honest with you, you're 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 getting grossed out by it. But if you would have seen the footage, I actually didn't see um, the footage until last yes. night of yes. Dak Prescott's ankle. It was inward. Oh, and I saw when he landed. It's so cringeworthy to watch. That was too sick. Ugh. I, I can't even watch him. I can't even watch it. I, you know, I have to look. I've I've broken my ankle too many times, and seeing those pictures, it actually causes me physical pain. No, yeah, I just I can't bad. even look. It's so bad. It's so bad. But I mean, but Lonnie, I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. your Steelers have also suffered a few injuries here and there as well. I mean, you know, oh yeah. I was a little nervous um, over the weekend. If you guys watched the game yesterday, well, I watched that game and then I watched a little bit of Brady, the Bucks, and oh um, god, that that massacre! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was I, a massacre. I, I actually enjoyed watching New Orleans beat them. By the oh, way, oh, I bet you did. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> but uh, I was worried about Ben, um, his knee on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was one play, the way that he landed, it was like, I mean, he's old now, you know? And yeah. it's just like, I'm like, this is it. So, like I said, it's it's a violent sport. And I, I, although I enjoy watching, as long as the players aren't hurt, you know? And there's just, just a good chance you can get hurt. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, Ryan... What's the guy's last name for the Steelers? I don't even know his last name. Ryan's his first name, and I can't think of his last name, who um, who actually had the spinal injury. Oh, Ryan Shazier. Shazier, yeah, mm-hmm. who had the spinal injury. And, I mean, it's just that story. It's just, oh, he was like, it's so sad, you know? Yeah. No, nah, he's definitely, Ryan Shazier was definitely an incredible oh, uh, yeah. middle linebacker for Ryan, the Steelers. Ryan Shazier, yeah. You know, and, and he, you know, he's, it's incredible, like, what therapy has done. He's able, he was able to walk. He actually walked on stage of uh, yeah. draft a couple of years ago to actually present the draft uh, for the Steelers. And it was incredible to see him. It was very inspiring to see him walk um, because doctors are like, dude, there's an injury like that. You're, you're not going to be able to walk again, pretty much. And yeah. he, he's starting to walk again and so that's that's really inspiring to see that he's that he's doing better um and i actually reported about this not too like uh, a few months ago actually uh basically i believe somebody had asked him if he were to go back and he's like yeah i'd go back in a, in a heartbeat to wow. go ahead and play and like jeremy you know uh, you know basically what jeremy said is that you know just like fighters are fighters forever athletes are athletes forever they'll they, they they'll you know they don't care they'll come back if they if yeah. they, they're given the opportunity because that's all they've ever known um right. you know so yeah it's 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 definitely a very tough sport uh definitely te- 
tough to see some of these young quarterbacks, young athletes get injured uh, and possibly have their career end at such a young age when they have like so much more to give. Uh, you know, they have so many more years to give. And so it's really tough to see these types of injuries cost them, you know, their livelihood, cost them their careers. So here's hoping that the rumors aren't 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 uh, aren't true for Dak Prescott. You know, I mean he's a great quarterback. I'm not I'm not exactly a Cowboys fan. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I don't wish that kind of injury on anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tough one. You know, I may not like the team, but that doesn't mean that I, you know, have any ill will towards the individual individuals that are part of that team uh you know so here's and with all due respect they almost beat us right <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real over here. You must be still happy with your Steelers right now, aren't you, Lon? <laughs> I am really happy. I I'm bet happy. you are. A lot of it is luck, though. There's a lot of luck involved. In well, it's also stuff. the schedule too. You know, like yeah. You, well, yeah, it's part of the luck is the schedule. They get the luck. They yeah. got the luck of the draw this year. So we'll see what happens when playoffs comes around. If they could continue right. that lucky streak, that's that's where the real test begins, right there. So Kansas City, Kansas City will be the teller. That's going to yep. be a tough one. That's yeah. definitely going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And, you know, we'll keep an eye on Kyle Allen. Hopefully he'll come back. Doubtful, though. That's a tough injury. So who knows if he'll actually be able to finish out the season. We'll see what happens. Wait, 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 wait. You really? <laughs> do you really think you're getting off without talking about the Pac-12 coming back? Do you really think you're getting away without it? Just because your boys put up a pathetic showing against Colorado and and my boys put up a pathetic showing yet still won against Arizona. So you thought you're going to get out of talking about this? I don't think so. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, well, let me see. I don't know. Um, no, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Meaning I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of the show. Well, no, we do. We do got to address it because we had two major cancellations in the Pac-12. This Definitely. was supposed to be a very big weekend for the Pac-12, you know, and uh, unfortunately we had the Cal and I believe Washington. No, Cal and Utah. God, who was it? Now I'm blanking. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cal game, I know it was Cal, um, but we had two other, one other game. Was it Cal and Stanford? No, Stanford played Oregon. They lost to Oregon. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure who the other, but we had two cancellations. So as we're seeing across the country already, COVID is still affecting sports. Mm. Uh, it was just announced earlier today also that the Alabama LSU game coming up this weekend is also in jeopardy because uh, LSU has multiple players in quarantine right now, and they do not know if they will have the roster limits uh, met to be able to play the game. So this is happening all over college football right now. And um, yeah, it's just something that as much as here's the thing, as much as we all love the sport, as much as we all want to see them play, as much as these kids want to play because they're athletes, they're competitors, dude, somebody's got to step in. We still right. don't know the long-term risks of this. Right. It's already being shown that even if you had mild symptoms, the long-term damage done to the respiratory and pulmonary, you know, the pulmonary systems, everything is 
is very possible long-term damage even in the young people who've gotten this mm-hmm. okay we have these kids that we have now put forward to protect the almighty dollar of the business and their lives are at risk everybody's talking about it like we've gotten over this hump and i mean these kids are i mean every week we're hearing about a new team having an outbreak and we got to remember these are kids they're not being paid for this this is Absolutely. not a job these are kids who have actually been threatened with losing their livelihoods if they mm-hmm. don't play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The NCAA did not step up and protect them and say their scholarships would be protected. The government did not step up and protect them and say their scholarships would be protected. These children, and that's what they are essentially, children have been told if you don't risk your life and play, we can't guarantee you have a future. We're taking away your scholarship and I mean that's what they've been told. Right. This is a problem nobody's talking about. Everybody, woo, college football's back. Can, somebody yeah. needs to be talking about this. They really do because we're seeing it every single week. We're having a new outbreak with a new team. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and, and they're not taking any precautions to protect these kids. And it's, you know... It's a it's a responsibility that they need to step up and start doing because it's not right. It's just not right. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like we talked about this before, we talked about this before in uh, past, uh, you know, episodes uh, that were, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears because the NCAA, they don't care. They only care about money and there's nobody that can step in, but somebody should. You know, somebody should definitely step in. Maybe the parents could somehow say, hey, you know, my kid's not going to play for you. There's no way. I don't care if he doesn't get an education. I don't give a rat's ass. But you're not going to go ahead and risk my child's life, you know, just to go ahead and make a buck. I mean, that's that's the only real way you could boycott something like this is if parents band together, pull their kids out, you know, and without any players, you don't have anything. You don't have money. You don't have, you have nothing. That's the only way you can control that. Let me, let me point something out here though. By the time they hit campus, every one of these kids is 18 years old and is on a scholarship. These parents cannot take away the money to pay for college because they're not paying for it. True. The parents have no power to do this and let me go even deeper with that football in particular along with a few other sports but football in particular is dominated by people who came up and grew up predominantly poor or in the inner cities mm-hmm. very much so yeah and, and so these are parents yeah. yeah, that's I, Lonnie. I'm sure you were just about to hit this. This is their way out. This is yeah. their way to support their families to take yeah. care of them. You're talking about parent. You know, the parents should step in and say these parents are seeing this in the same eyes. Most of these mm-hmm. parents, even as much as they love their children, know that this might be the only opportunity their family has right now to survive. True. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a a really effed up situation to be in. Really is. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully there could be some solution in the future. But for as it stands right now, you know, they all we can do is just hope and pray that they're okay and they they're safe and they recover from this horrible virus that's affecting the world. So you know, we'll go ahead and hope for that. Coming up next in video game news, the Xbox Series X comes out tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Eve Six promise right here on the Xander effect sleeping through the evening singing dreams in 
inside my head I'm heading out I've got some ends who say they care And they just might run away with you If things don't go as planned Planning big could be a gamble I've already rolled the dice I spit and stutter, stuff and clutter Worries in my worry corner Maladjusted, just untrusted, rusted Sometimes brilliant, busted thoughts Think I'll stay for a while I'm intrigued and I'm red as a newborn The voice of Aset, you bet! From I, the Somnium Files, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. that 
Oh yeah 
Right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, yay! Tomorrow, the Xbox Series X is finally released, and I believe uh, the Sony PlayStation 5 is also released. Uh, there was uh, pre-orders that happened uh, last or uh, about a month and a half ago, I think, and uh, the pre-orders went really quickly. So I'm hoping that uh, right after the pre-orders went pretty quickly, people were like, "Oh my God, we're not going to get our consoles and this, that, and the other." But uh, you know, Microsoft went ahead and released a statement saying that uh, you know they still have a lot of Xbox Series X in stock, uh, you know, in their warehouses and stuff. So they but, and they were those are actually set to be released uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, November 10th. So uh, make sure you get online. Make sure you go ahead and check that out. Also, what's being released tomorrow is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's going to be another game I've uh, already pre-ordered. I'm ready to play that sucker. I mean, the map is said to be really like well-made graphics galore. It's also going to be available on the Xbox Series X as well. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And Jeremy, you said that you've been keeping an eye on some of the gameplay for Assassin's Creed. Creed Valhalla. How's that looking? Oh man, it looks incredible. I now I have to say, the reason I've been keeping such a close eye on this, I've never been a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed series. Um, it never really drew me in. I didn't dislike it. I had no problems with it, but it wasn't a style of game that I enjoyed. So I'll preface this by saying I didn't enjoy the more linear style of the old Assassin's Creed. In its last edition, as well as this one, it has gotten more of the RPG elements, more of the role-playing game elements in there. And I enjoy that more. When I heard they were doing Valhalla and doing the Viking era, that is an era as a history buff that is one of my favorites. It's one of the most fascinating eras of that time in Europe. Mm -hmm. And to be a Viking, to play as a Viking is I mean, just that some, sounds like something I'd be interested in. See, see exactly. See? That's what that's what drew me into the game. It's yeah. not it's not that I'm some big fan of this game or the mechanics. Right. It's just that idea of you're gonna be literally playing the conquests of England as that's Viking. Cool. And cool. they're they're staying very accurate to the history and history. the time period. Yes. And so that drew me in. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, really following it and, um, a few content creators on YouTube have been given access to it early. And uh, one guy in particular who I follow, I'll give him a little shout out. His name is The Rad Brad. Uh, guy's got a great page if you're a gamer and does some wonderful walkthroughs. Um, anyway, this is 
one of the most visually stunning games I've ever seen, and they're still only playing it on the old gen systems. Wow. Because next gen wasn't out yet. So I can't even imagine how beautiful this game will be from a graphic standpoint on the next gen systems. Man. Um, it already looks closer to film than any video game I've ever seen. It's awesome. almost like watching a movie. That's wow. Because awesome. I saw the wow. trailer for it. The trailer looked freaking incredible when I saw the trailer for it. And one thing that I love about the Assassin's Creed uh, video games, like, and it was shortly after Black Flag, was the uh, the integration of of ships like creating your own ships and everything and the battles between you know one ship against another ship and they kept on going with this um and they've improved on it a lot actually and uh black flag was was really cool because you had to battle uh these like these uh uh whatchamacallit these legendary ships that you had to destroy and it was they were not easy to destroy either they were really hard um but uh you know this is a really cool thing because that's that that was their method of expanding their map and uh shortly after that assassin's creed odyssey came out well actually before that was um was uh the uh the other assassin's creed uh the one with the egyptians and everything um but then odyssey came out they they they've been implementing ships uh in each of these uh assassin's creeds which i love that i love the ocean i love the sound of the ocean and how they have it in there i mean you know and i know that they're going to be including that in valhalla as well well let me tell you um i haven't again because it's pre-release stuff and I'm just watching what these early content creators are doing, I've only seen maybe, you know, the first 15% of the game or so. Mm -hmm. So far, unfortunately, because they're staying true to the historics of it, um, there is no ship-to-ship battle. Mm. in this game um now there could be further on in the story if perhaps the vikings steal a ship or something but the vikings did not battle in ships they used longboats for invasion for raiding and for quick strikes they did not have big ships with cannons and things like this it was not something they used historically so that is not a part of this game i believe well, we'll definitely no. uh, find hey, that out. Hey, historically, just to go back in history, the Vikings, they they did much on foot. Much, yes. They did yeah. quite a lot of it on... Once they reached land, they really only used the boats to get to other places that were unreachable by land. Right, right. You know, otherwise, they did a lot of land... Co- because they would raid as they went. Mm-hmm. So, crossing the land to get to the next city, any villages they came across, anything, they raided supplies and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, it was very common for them to travel by foot, to travel by horseback, um... Mm-hmm. You know, that that was more common than the traditional, uh, at the time, British method of raiding with the bigger ships and stuff. Right. Nice. Well, again, from a gameplay perspective, let me jump in real quick on this. From what I've seen, the combat looks even better than Odyssey. It looks even smoother and less clunky, um, which I think is quite an achievement considering you're talking about the way they have captured the chaos of a Viking-style battle. 
you're you're not talking about one-on-one combat here you're in most situations you're talking about you know 10 on 5 combat 6 on 6 i mean you're in a in a melee of strikes and weapons and arrows it's a very realistic combat style for the time and i not thought not to mention their outfits back then were super cool Oh, absolutely. And the graphics on those are absolutely amazing, too. I think you would really love the artwork on this. This sounds like something I'd like, you guys. Yeah, Lonnie, see? You're making me a gamer. Come on. We'll suck you into the dark side soon. Join us, Lonnie. Everybody's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll go ahead and find out definitely tomorrow, uh, or actually at midnight tonight, actually. That's when when you can actually uh, play the game. if you've pre-ordered uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, it becomes available automatically as of midnight. Uh, you know, uh, wherever wherever you're uh, you're you're at, actually. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, definitely going to be excited to play that game. Uh, another thing I'm actually looking forward to is that Rockstar uh, uh, they announced, um, you know, over the weekend that. Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption 2, and L.A. Noir will be available in the next-gen console as backwards compatible. Um, now, as far as as far as far Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA 5 go, I don't think that's going to be technically considered backwards compatible because they're still adding more things to the game. Um like I, I actually heard a rumor, and I, and they haven't really officially announced this yet. That uh, when GTA goes to the next gen, because it's the last GTA, they will add more content on there. And they well, they said there was a rumor that they were going to add another story to the story mode of it, uh, which that should be interesting. But of course, obviously, Rockstar is inching more and more to GTA Six right now, uh, especially with the next gen console. They still haven't announced when GTA Six is going to come out. I'm sure that'll probably come out by I'm assuming I'm estimating it's probably going to come out by the end of next year beginning 2022 probably not sure yet so or actually I should say they're going to probably announce uh, GTA 6 by the end of next year and it'll probably come out by the end of the following year so still not sure about that Um, but it's really cool that they're going to allow even LA Noir I'm so happy they're going to allow LA Noir to be in in the next gen console because I love that game I, I could actually repeat that game over and over again and and, uh, Lonnie, it, uh, yeah. so you know, L.A. Noir uh-huh. is basically a story game about detectives in uh, the in the nineteen. Uh, 30s uh, Los Angeles like Los Angeles and the way they have this is so awesome it's so accurate with Mm -hmm. uh, the time like the streets of Los Angeles you know I mean it's really cool you get so it looks like it looked back in the day exactly so much that's again one of the things that's what drew me to that game Mm -hmm. it was the history of it and I love old Hollywood guys you'll get me with old Hollywood you'll love this this game this is a game you would love there okay. the as the detective you are investigating the actual black dahlia murders that's cool so that's it, cool. it is sent in cla- setting classic 1930s starlet hollywood and i mean to the love streets it. to the streets they were accurate i mean it's amazing i mean I, and, I, yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting i'm telling you lonnie you're gonna be one of us 
<laughs> it will happen. You will be one of us. No, but I mean, it's really cool because I mean, no, yeah. After the, after, after the show, text me the names because you know I'm not going to remember them. And then what, <laughs> I'll, what I'll do is I'll try to find out if like one of my cousins or dude I'm dating, he has, has, has it because he's into... He's into video games. There you go. See, there you go. Go ahead. You oh, know, the I mean, only thing is, he's in LA and I'm in Pittsburgh right now, so it right. can't help me. But you know, hey, by the time I get back out there, the couple that plays together stays together. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, you got to look at it that way. But hey, you know, you could always, uh, you could always, uh, we'll text you the name, and you could always hop on YouTube and watch one of those walkthroughs I was talking about. Oh, okay. You know, I they're, like they're that, usually. They're usually an hour or less long. You can put it on in the background or whatever, but it'll give you an idea of what it's about and, you know, kind of show you the storyline and how that draws you in. It might be a way for you to get more familiar with it without right. actually having to play it. Yep. A story, a, a good story always gets me. I say it all the time. Like, Absolutely. Um, Left Prep, Left Prep Country, I like love that show. I don't know if you guys watched it, Jeremy. It's actually, it was like, well, they just wrapped up their final season on HBO. Mm -hmm. And normally I don't go for stuff like that. Like, I'm like, I just don't. But oh my goodness, like the plot, oh, just like, it's so good. And yeah, so a good story always grabs me. Well, you'll definitely love these games because these games have yeah. incredible stories, the yeah. way they wrote them. I mean, especially uh, especially Eleanor. Oh my god, that 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 entire game is just incredible. Uh, you have mystery, you have intrigue. Oh, you even have very like like very scary moments in the game where you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, That's it's definitely. Yeah, it's definitely, especially when he's like investigating the Black Dahlia murders, they do flashbacks and some of those flashbacks are very disturbing. It's like, wow, that, that's crazy how that those flashbacks are. But I mean, all in all, the game is incredible. I'm so happy Rockstar is making it uh, compatible with the next gen, uh, with the next gen system. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to playing those games. That's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the Xander Effect. Wanted to thank Thank uh, my wonderful co-hosts, uh, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Well, I wouldn't call you wonderful, but thanks for being here anyway. You know you love me. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the lovely Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, thank you so much for being here too. Hey, it's, it was a great show today. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot today. Right, right. It's always that way here on the Xander Effect. Yeah. So definitely glad to have you here. And again, uh, big thanks to Raquel Buchanan for being on the show. Appreciate your time here. Hopefully we'll have you on here again. And uh, remember, we're still in pandemic. I mean, looks like they might have found a vaccine that uh, might be able to at least control uh, any new spread. So hopefully we'll keep an eye on that. But for the moment, for the time being, continue to wear your masks, continue to wear your gloves if you got them, goggles if you got them. If you go out, make sure you practice hygiene, you know, general hygiene, wash your hands, don't touch your face, protect yourself for not only yourself, but for your loved ones that might be susceptible to this virus. Um, again, shout out to Brad. Hopefully he'll get, uh, he'll, he'll be well with this and he'll get through this as well. Our thoughts go out to his, him and his family that, you know, yeah. he, you know, Very what much. wishes for him and to anybody else that's affected by this as well. Um, and, you know, remember that, uh, you know, again, we have to watch one another. We have to be careful mm -hmm. uh, to to just walk, keep, continue to watch our, our each other's backs because we're all in this together. And remember, music always, always heals all. 
We'll see you next time. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, open them up. Yeah. Finish, she's talking, we're dumping them up. If it's like something, we're dumping them out. And then they're stuffing, they're stuffing them out. And then it's got it. It's part of this stuff. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and Bertelsmann. In association with Art19 Media.